Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 124. I'm back down in the basement to talk about some more wrestling with my co-host and teenage son, Jack. You here? I didn't know what number was. I can't count. One, two, four is where we're at. That's, pretty, how, that's how I count, actually. One, two, four. Pretty impressive. Seven, something right? like that. Yeah, and uh, we still have some listeners out there, I think. we got. I told you, I, we got a comment from someone I don't think has commented before, so that was nice. I forget who it was now, saying we did good work and inquiring me, inquiring about my football fandom, because I've mentioned it a few times. So Gross. Shout out to that person whose name escapes me right now, but I appreciate any comments. We never throw out our info at the beginning, so let's do it. You want to comment or talk to us or whatever, um, fnswrestling at gmail.com is our email address. That'll come to me. Love to hear from anyone. We have a little used Instagram account. Did I forget it exists again? Yes. Which is uh, FNS underscore wrestling underscore podcast. So you could try and get a hold of Jack through Don't that. Don't ask but me he when is... the last time I used it was. Well, okay. That's not Wait, good. Let's... If we're trying to grow okay. this podcast, dude, that is no, no one's going to email me. Nobody emails in 2022. You email. I do, but I don't have social media. So you're the one supposed to be in charge of promoting at all. Your mother was doing it on Facebook uh, we, for we, us. We don't got no messages. Well, um, good. Because since you wouldn't have replied, because I always reply. 110, so 14 episodes ago. If you know you can email, you'll definitely get a It'll reply from me. I'll definitely see a message notification, so there's at least You'll that. check sometime, right? At some point. Or, um, honestly, we host this on Podbean, so that's where I get the majority of comments that we do get are through Podbean listeners, so shout out to them and thank you. Uh, so another week has passed, and you have written a gigantic test that is mandatory oh, for your graduation from I, high school. I didn't forget. How did that go? It was easy. I, t- I spoke to some people who said you were done pretty quickly. Yeah. As an avid reader and strong writer, I don't imagine uh, it was too challenging for you. Where we live in Ontario, there is a literacy test the OSSLT, right? Ontario yeah, Secondary School Literacy Test that every student must pass as a graduation requirement. Um, there are other options as well if you don't pass, but you have to either pass that test or complete a course that would replace it. So you wrote it this week. You won't know your results for several months probably, but I'm fairly right. confident you did well. Because what you do it in grade three, grade, there's a couple uh, OSS. LT stuff. Not all literacy, but what EQAO. were the... Oh, sorry, EQAO. Yeah. Different testing, right? That's in elementary. Yeah, and then there's the And that one's one. math. There's and math stuff. on last right. year. Right. So lots of fun for you. And then um, my high school basketball team I'm coaching had their first game, and you were scorekeeping, and we won by 40 points, basically, right, against our crosstown rivals, so that was nice. Man, team, did that suck. Team got four technical fouls, which is not ideal, but none of them were for being dirty or cheap they were all like someone dunked in warm-ups can't do that technical why foul. is that it's just like showing dunk in the game all the time though. right we did have a which in our area is not super common we had what four legit dunks in the game including a reverse by our new guy but uh not allowed so i guess it's like showing up the other team or i don't know what the reason is but one of our players dunked in warm-ups technical uh a kid that used to go to our school um came out at halftime and apparently tried to dunk and the ref gave him a technical and threw him out of the gym, which I think was a, a little bit extreme, if you want to know the truth. Um, the refereeing was questionable. Then we got, an, what was the, oh, another player dunked and hung off, did a pull-up off the rim. That's obviously a technical foul, too. Um, and then the final one was one of their players chased a loose ball out of bounds right in front of our bench, and one of our players stood up and clapped in his face and got a technical foul for that. So 
nice. probably all Sports. deserved, I guess, but at least nothing for being dirty or violent. But anyway, so yeah, that was uh, my week. Your brother has this weekend off from basketball, so we're heading out with sort of a team event for him, but you're coming as well. Yeah. Heading out for dinner and then doing like a holiday light show thing that you walk through a nice golf course. We did it last year yeah. just for something to do. And then I think we're going to hit them all ahead of time. Yeah. So that you can look for wrestling figures and whatnot. Yeah. I got one last week and I will mention here because I don't need to mention it later. Yeah. What did you pick up? Because I got, remember I got that Cody? Yes. You they did. had the Supreme Cody and Baker. They were the ones with the two pants. Didn't you just get Hardy Bucks or Hardy Bucks? Young Bucks? Sorry. Oh, I've I got been Young watching, Bucks too. I've been watching lots of Hardy Bucks on I got on Young Bucks YouTube. too. Yeah. I found those at Walmart. So I got new Young Bucks, new Cody. Right. So you had a productive week figure wise. Yep. Because with your job, you have some spending money these days, which is nice for you. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably save a bit soon because I need to cover part of my Xbox money. But Xbox, that's it's up Xbox upgrade time. You think? Yeah. Well, it's long overdue. Is it? It is. Is it stopping you from doing something? Pretty sure it's overdue since we'll say March, whenever 2K came out. That's probably when it's overdue. I mean, it will stop me eventually because next year, when whenever the Fallen Order sequel comes out, uh, it will be required. Because right, nothing. So nothing requiring you now, game. but. In it's the near future. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I feel like we've got a lot to get through, and we've kind of got a timeline to get out of this house and get our day started. So we should probably work our way towards talking about some wrestling because we're going to do our normal rundown, but we're also going to add a really quick Survivor series, which to give you an idea, we loved it so much it took us a week to watch it. Right? And two nights to watch the main event. Because we just finished uh, the main event about. 20 minutes ago maybe yeah. a half hour ago yeah. so we did get around to it and we'll talk about that quickly then i didn't not do it then we'll hit dynamite uh, uh, in depth as we always do some trivia um we'll go through high spots and rest holds of anything else we watch jack will uh give us a, apparently a very large figure update because yeah they kind of just much revealed because there was a, a thing at hogan's beach shop because i yeah. think for like a drop of the that mega powers two pack so they just revealed a bunch of stuff there so we'll get to that in our final and a segment. bunch of hogan figures Nice. As always, I have put timestamps uh, so that you can skip to any segment you would prefer. And with that being said, I think we'll get into talking about wrestling with our first segment, which is always looking at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. All right, ratings time. Uh, this week's NXT, which we were just saying, didn't have scripts on it. So who would watch it? Why would anyone watch it? A massive ratings drop. But we had um, 644,000 viewers watched it, which I don't even have whether it's up or down. I have 3.2%. I'm going to guess up, <laughs> and I'll look it up later to double check, and earned a 0.13 in the key demographic. That for sure is up 8.3%. So decent numbers. Again, I, I've got that threshold of 700,000 in my head for a good show for some reason. Um, it went head-to-head -head with NBA basketball, as you're going to at this time of year. So solid numbers, I guess we'll say, for NXT. Dynamite numbers, I don't think we're so good this week. They averaged 870,000 viewers, which is down only 1.1%. But still, like I'd like them to be around a million, in my opinion. But that's, again, I have no idea why I've sort of set these thresholds, but that's the one for them. Earned a 0.26 in the key demographic, down 18.8%. So that's a significant drop week to week. It's the second lowest Wednesday night audience for this uh, for Dynamite since the middle of June this year. So both shows, not super strong numbers this week. But again, we've got um, NBA basketballs up and running. I don't know if there's any other major competition. And what do you have? I actually have some decent news this mm -hmm. week. Uh, same. 
I saw AEW sign Juice Robinson. Which makes you happy. Yeah, I was going to see. He had a pretty good moment with what Moxley. Yeah, I enjoy him. It I, was after, like, him and Bandito, I think they were considering, right? So right. They, they have nabbed both. Signed both of That's those good. and AR Fox, he, right? Right. And he had a vignette on, or he had, like, a bit, promo bit on Rampage. So I guess he kind of put out a challenge to Joe, which is weird because nice. Darby Allen also did. Right. So. so Joe's got some challengers lined up, which should be good matches. Yeah. Uh, again, though, like, who, something's got to give, man. You can't keep signing everybody people right. have to start leaving at some point right so we'll see i'm happy with the signing i just I, don't know people gotta start leaving aw no that could transition into i won't exactly. segue it into some of my news because it'll be skipping stories but we will Aww. it'll be what do we call that a delayed segue you just have to wait that's for not it. how segues work <laughs> it does now so on nxt this week i didn't put it in as a high spot or a rest hold so we'll talk about it here sean michaels announces the competitors for I mean, you could put one as a rest hold. (laughs) The Iron Survivor Challenge. See, I knew the name only because I wrote it down. Because I struggle remembering that. It's becoming like a little joke. That's because it's bad. I can't remember what it is. Or maybe I subconsciously, I don't want to remember. I would Because I don't like it. But anyways, so for the um, men's match, they have settled on Carmelo Hayes. It's a heel festival, as you pointed out. I know. I was like, what the hell is this? So Carmelo Hayes, who in my opinion should win it. Uh, J.D. McDonough, in it to win it. who's had fantastic matches, uh, Joe Gacy, and Grayson Waller. So all four heels so far. With, and then a wild card, right? With a wild card, and that'll be determined in an upcoming match. I think maybe... Oh, what? That's not even fun, then. I think it's multi-person matches next week. That's, that's not even fun, I then. might double-check that, but I believe that's what's happening. I was hoping it'd be like a genuine surprise, but why Why have it fun? So I would assume that has to be a baby face, right? So I don't know. Does it even matter at this point? I don't know who's left, but of a baby face you could put in but anyways i haven't really thought about it for the women um a little bit actually is that true i was gonna say heels perez more heels so stark zoe stark cora jade both heels uh kiana james i was a little bit surprised she's in there i guess they're trying to elevate her a little bit i'm not convinced she's ready but we'll see she's a businesswoman you know oh she she carries like a little briefcase purse satchel thing and wears glasses so she's and okay. Then, have you ever? I guess you haven't. Have you ever seen when she makes her entrance and they put her name key up? It's got all of her like degrees and credentials underneath it. It's kind of funny. There's like seven or eight of them. Right, because so, everyone has to have like a custom nameplate now. Yes, and Roxanne Perez, who is obviously the the lone baby face. There, same idea. There'll be a wild card entrant. I assume. Is it even a match. wild card if there's if they're going to determine who it is? It's like not super wild. Because it's going to be determined. Well, Unless I'm wrong, I I think I'm right. But or is that like an insult to whoever it is? Because you you got to earn your way into the right. match. Um, why don't you hit with with the news nugget, and I'll see if I'm right about that. All right. Um, so Tegan Knox returned on SmackDown to assist Liv Morgan's damage control. I guess she's got a lot of history with Dakota Kai. Yeah. Um, she had like this rain. Her hair was like kind of rainbow esque. It looked really stupid. Um, and I wonder if we're gonna have another random team challenging for the tag titles. Right. Liv Morgan, Tegan Knox, anyone? <laughs> could be. It could be. Just a wild guess. Um, go for another one because all of my tabs just closed. So all I right. am now trying uh, to Lacey find Evans is repackaged again. Uh, she had a video on SmackDown titled The Mission Begins. And she's doing like military drills and stuff. So I guess they're going at it again. Really? They're from a different angle. Um, so that is something cool. Yeah, that's... I guess. I guess so. I'm still loading. Again. So All right. So going. one of the biggest ones I found was WWE, WWE have at least been discussing The Rock returning and possibly winning the Rumble. Winning. Winning the Rumble. Well, which, didn't he say he was never leaving again last time he came back? 
<laughs> if, it was just a long delay between appearances. If he does return, I feel like that's almost a lock. That he to, wins? To win the Rumble. Because yeah. they want that match so bad with Roman. And like, But then my fear is they don't want Roman to drop the titles until Mania, right? But then right. if they use up that Mania match on Rock, does that mean Rock wins the titles? Or does Roman keep them longer? And then you have him lose them not at Mania? Like, I feel like there's kind of a lose-lose here. Yeah, and it, you're right. There's no way they're putting him in the Rumble and having him be eliminated by somebody. Like, no way. I don't think. Unless they've really decided to get somebody over, but I, on the I rock? doubt it. Yeah, no. I doubt it. Like, and so I don't... That's why I hate this, because I don't know how they go about this without, like, screwing right. up something. Right. Yeah, like, I don't either. It, they're kind of just booking themselves into a corner again, which they love to do. Yeah. And, like, because they don't need the titles for this, and that then that would be me saying, get the titles off of Roman. But I also think he should lose them at Mania, because we're this far gone. If, if In reality, he should have lost them. Like, we'll say at SummerSlam. Not to Brock, but, like, if it was someone else. I don't know. But, like, now we're this far gone, he has to lose them at Mania, and I don't want it to be The Rock. Yeah, and, I don't. But then this is also the only time The Rock match would make sense, because I guess it's a Hollywood Mania. And I don't see anyone on the horizon to beat Roman. I guess Cody is the logical Cody, choice Rollins, there. That's it. If you build him properly, I guess, right? So we'll see. I don't know. I don't really want The Rock back. You and I are not big nostalgia people, not looking for people to return. I'm looking for them to focus on new people and build new people. I hope that they can't do it. Right. And then that forces them because then because I don't know if if they can you know they're going to go balls to the walls on that but I really hope that like Rock's doing a bunch of shit and they can't they can't have him. I right. really like because if he's just, if he's able to return then that's pretty much a wash for the Rumble. The Rumble gets washed away and you think the Brock Lesnar this year was bad. Right. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah and he'll probably eliminate like 13 people or exactly. something like that. And believe me, I hated the Brock this year. Yes, you did. Um, so my document is back. I'm not going to explain how he's written off TV because that's coming up in my high spots and rest holds, but former Impact Wrestling World Champion. WWE attempting a resurrection here. Right? Eric Young is said to be returning to WWE and Impact definitely wrote him off of TV this week. I'll get there. Uh, so it's PW Insider I got this from. They've confirmed with multiple sources, that Young will return to WWE soon after finishing up with Impact. Um, and I did have a details of how he ended up leaving, but I want to get to that later. So gone from Impact, more than likely coming back to WWE, which is interesting. This guy is you know, super mega veteran at this point, right? I don't, I don't know wanna, what he I don't want to call him. Exactly. Like, I don't know where they're going to go with him either. Do you think he's coming to NXT maybe as like a veteran to put over young talent? I don't know. Because he's not a main eventer, right? Like, I no. like Eric Young, but... And barely even in Impact, and, like, that's that was a while ago. That was when he first came back to Impact. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do with him, but apparently he's on his way back. Uh, do you want me to take another one, since you sure. did a couple? Speaking of people being written off TV and maybe changing companies, oh. lots of talk of William Regal. Um, he was attacked this week, right? We'll get to that as well in our review. Um, so, stretchered out, basically... Looks like there's lots of speculation that he is set to return to WWE, um, that he would be working there in a backstage role, which seems a bit of a waste because he's still amazing on camera. Right? I'm really liking him in AEW, so that's the reason he'd be leaving. That's kind of... I agree. Like You want to bring him back and put him back as the commissioner of something? Sure. Like NXT... Or honestly, I mean, general manager, I think NXT whatever. is a waste of time. Yeah, so I... Um, 
hoping he doesn't leave because obviously we watch AEW all the time and don't really watch main roster. So selfishly, I'd like to see him stay, but looks like he might be on his way out. Yeah. Anything from you? Um, so yeah. another Royal Rumble thing is Kofi Kingston is the first to declare for the Rumble. So I declare. <laughs> I do declare. I do declare. Um, so yeah, he's in the Rumble. Cool. Yeah, I mean, Rumble. Now they have to start thinking up a unique spot for him to have that he hopefully doesn't botch, right? So, I mean, mostly they, they come through for it. Yeah. Uh, I have a Royal Rumble one as well. WrestlingNews.co is being told that Raquel Rodriguez is the person who will challenge Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship at the Royal Rumble. Um, Rousey's scheduled at this point, it says, uh, to go into WrestleMania as the champion which would obviously suggest she would retain the belt Baser. at the Royal Rumble. So, like, I don't know if you can answer this question. Does anybody care about Ronda Rousey as champion? Like, do you see Not any... like they did the first time. Right. I, does she... And honestly, she's... I think she's just further removed from her mainstream appeal, right? As an MMA fighter and the face of UFC and all oh, of yeah, this Oh, that, yeah, that is far... Like, I don't think that even is part of the equation and then anymore she's not compelling enough as a professional wrestler no she's just kind of at this weird middle ground so i'm finding i have zero interest in her or her title run so I'm i don't not... know if that's just me or that's a general thing but have i said Shayna baszler's better or have oh, i said Shayna better. baszler's better way better i agree it's and that's i think initially that was the difference Shayna baszler doesn't have any mainstream appeal so fine you're trying to get something accomplished with rousey now i would suggest her mainstream appeal is kind of either not as big or people well, far, are just don't it's farly care. diminished like you've already cashed in on that i guess is what i'm trying to say right so that that's not there anymore so i think it's just kind of spinning your tires at this point yeah i think rousey should turn face i guess like i mean not that anyone cares no but she should still. just lose the just, belt and go away just that's... so that baszler can turn heel on her i mean like baszler should just turn heel on her rousey can be a crummy face for a bit um baszler takes the title of mania i finally get to be right and they can um, rectify the mistake they made three years ago. Right. And then Rousey can get the hell out. Baszler's just wasting her career away. Again, one of the top thing people I would choose to like, pluck from WWE and put in AEW. Just uh, based, ah! on, based on... Because their women's division's doing great. But that's what I... like. Also sort of baked into that is the idea that they start to improve their women's division. Right. And you bring her in as an outside force. I don't know why she... Baszler's not doing great. Like, Triple H knows... How she is. Bring like, her in, Brock Lesnar her in AEW, have her just kill everyone, big title reign, elevate the division. Boom, done. There you go, AEW. Triple H should go get Baszler. Like, know what he's doing with her. I agree. So, like, I don't know what's happening. I don't either. Um, I have two more, so okay. I don't know. Is it your turn? I have a couple more. Go ahead. That? Wait, no, yeah. Because we were rousy and you that was went. me. Okay. Um, so, I told you, Acclaimed versus FTR for the titles is set for next week. Yes. Not even winter is coming, just, like, the Dynamite before. So, I guess the go-home for the winter is coming. Yeah. Which is weird. Do you think there's a chance of, like, a that's, no finish? And that's then... almost my instinct. Yeah, but then too. again, they if don't If it were WWE, do 100%. That. Right. But, right. like, that's why that's kind of my instinct. But, like, it surprised me. So, I don't know. Maybe FTR take it here? Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's I weird. don't know where you go either. Because I don't think the Acclaimed should win. I don't think there's any reality where that should be the case as much as i love the acclaimed i don't i think fcr is their stopping point i feel the acclaimed are more over right now but that's it seems like they're getting more exposure too so ftr is kind of in the background which i don't really love because they were like yeah. I don't know. ftr is still really over and like honest they're the team they that should be 
think if you build a division around them, it can flourish again. I think the Acclaimed are good, but they're not really like... I would agree. I don't think they're ever going to be a cornerstone. Right. Right? So it's like you want to talk about pillars of AEW, I think in the tag division, that's going to be FTR, Bucks, Lucha Bros. Yep. You know, so... And then also uh, Samojo, Darby Allin uh for the tnt title so that's cool yes i guess you gotta make that show worthwhile because that's um a gap week for the trio series joe allen could be really fun just yeah joe likes to beat people up and darby's really good mm-hmm. at getting beat up right yeah. so that'll be great so that could be fun the next trios matches winners coming which is not next week but it'll be the week still after. not tired of those either let me nope. tell you just do that all the yeah, time so i'm sad we have a gap week may or may not have enjoyed every one of those trios matches more than every match on Survivor Series. Uh, Would you say that's or, fair? That may or may not be the case. I think I, that is the I case. I refuse to confirm. Right. We'll confirm that later. Uh, well, speaking with the Getting Over podcast, never heard of it. Can't be as good as ours. Just listen to ours instead. Okay? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about them for you. <laughs> right. We'll summarize their podcast on our podcast. Dakota Kai revealed what she says is the initial pitch for damage control saying that Bailey wanted uh, different people originally in the lineup, but that was years ago. So she, do you care to guess? NXT uh, people from years ago. Um, one now currently on Raw, one gone. I have no idea. With speculation of her returning. Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox did return. Uh, I know. So Sorry, she is back. And then there was also a more recent pitch that would have been EO Sky but not Dakota Kai, would have been Alba Fire instead. And one extra person, Raquel Rodriguez. So basically Dakota Kai is like the nope. Yeah, and they replace you with Fire and bring in Rodriguez as like a powerhouse. Interesting. Like, I honestly forgot LaRae's on me. Would you have preferred now. either of those configurations? Nah. I, I'd like to get Sky, or sorry, uh, Fire out of NXT. She deserves no, to be the main roster. Know. They're just... I don't know. I like Kai and Io together, though. Yeah, they're good as well, so... Um, I have one more. What about you? Um, I think I, yeah, I got one more. Go it's it. just that Kevin Owens is still apparently injured despite working his war games return. And then he actually had a match on raw the night after. So I don't know how bad it is, I guess, but like, he's still big, he's tough still Canadian boy, you know, getting yep. his work done. And finally, for me, while speaking with Fightful Sean Ross Sapp, Dax Harwood said that he's under the belief that his current contract ends in April of 2023. I find that a really weird phrasing he is under the belief would he not know what his contract is do they not remember would it not be not also is that implying he's gonna be out and so he said he's evaluating his options and that he and cash have had a lot of conversations about their future one particular idea they've talked about is basically um taking a year off from wrestling from any major company and just doing like smaller indie things that are fun to them um, because lame. he says that have they've had the opportunity to do that lately and that they really really enjoy it so like take a year to just work wherever you want to work before signing somewhere i'd be okay with that as someone no. who watches a lot of random indie stuff so yeah, that makes, no no um so that is the end of my news and yours as well mm-hmm. all right so let's move into talking about a detailed review of this week's episode of survivor series oh right thank you for cutting me off there uh-huh. normally it annoys me but this was productive We are going to quickly take a look at last Saturday's uh, WWE Survivor Series. All right, Survivor Series 2022, it had five matches. Survivor Series War Games. Right, to be fair. It had five matches, right? So shouldn't take too long to get through because I didn't really take notes. It's not going to be detailed or lengthy. 
because um, it doesn't really deserve it. But just sort of before we even start, we talked about it. Um, and I know we're going to sound like just major AEW fans at this point, but we we like what we like. I'm not trying to dislike WWE or trying to love AEW dino, or AEW stuff. It's just how we feel. And I think I can confirm I liked four matches and almost five off of Full Gear better than anything on Survivor mm-hmm. Series, right? I agree. The opening cage match, the trios championship match, the main event, the Ring of Honor um, title four-way. And then almost... I was saying Almost hater. Even, yeah, because they're like storm. all the near falls at the end. Right? I really like enjoyed, right? So A lot more uh, gripping. I, I don't know if it's just, I said to you. It I could, definitely think it's the style. For me, it could be that I'm not up on the storylines in WWE, not watching. I try to keep up on them, like, despite not watch because we don't, I don't remember the last time we actually watched the weekly television, no, right? but I think it does come down to just the style. There is, WWE still feels like sports entertainment to a certain degree it doesn't feel enough like pro wrestling right, right? which is like, not my favorite exactly. so again like what you like and we want to like things when we watch them i'm not watching WWE. it, w- it has at least like improved it. but the in-ring right. style still isn't really there for right. me because like even nxt like it is sports entertainment but that felt enough like pro wrestling to be like i like this yes so the first match on survivor series this year is the women's war games match uh and that is putting damage control against who on the Babyface side, we've got uh, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Mia Yim. Michin. I knew. I paused just for you to say that. <laughs> Taking on Bailey, Dakota Kai, Eosky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. So Belair and Dakota Kai start the match for their teams. Uh, so the heels in this one being damage control, they have the advantage. So after the first five-minute period is up, Eosky is joined Which by... Which makes more sense for the heels to have the advantage. It does. But is, joined, is joined by Dakota Kai so that they can sort of double-team Belair for a little bit. Then it is Nikki Cross... But they come, messed up that thing, remember? Yes. What thing? I'm gonna, EO. I'm going to get to that, yes. Uh, Wasn't so, that there or no? I'm just going to summarize it, then go to things that I noticed is, is the format I'm doing today. You'll see. It's fine. Uh, Nikki Cross is next, so she brings in a bunch of weapons from under the ring. Bailey comes in next. She brings ladders and a table. Uh, so then that leaves the final entrance are Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. And then the match officially starts right once they're in the ring. I guess after, once Becky's in the ring. I noticed that now that you mentioned both matches are kind of framed around like the big final entrance. That's yes. probably why like, you have Becky and then you had Roman. Which was one of my favorite parts of the men's one when we get there. Less so for Becky, but Roman's just so damn cool. Yeah, it's just a little weird when the baby faces are. It, yeah. The, or the heels are fighting from underneath there. Yes. Like, that's just the only thing there. But other than that, like, I agree with the Roman thing. We'll talk about that. But yeah. I agree. So, mayhem once everybody's oh. in there. Remember Becky Lynch's gear was so bad? She had, yes. like, that weird thing on her shoulder. And then yes. the rest of it looked like she was wearing, like, joggers and stuff. Like, it was so bad. It was bad. strange. Ugh. Lots of weapons, some big spots, uh, and some just, I guess, callbacks to previous storylines and things. As we were saying here, some of the things did not go as planned, right? Like, um, right. There, there was one where Bel Air hit, a, I think it was a backbreaker, and Dakota Kai landed like almost on her head, looked awkward, and then Eo Sky was going to do something in the corner but to like, Bel Air. It kept like, I don't, uh, it was just weird. I don't so even... it's like she botched whatever it was. Because she usually does like the knees, and then she like d- right. goes up and then comes back down. But then like Kai tried to like, jam a move in there as well and yeah then it so kind she of paused set, it set that's right um eo off base and then she went for it again and then kind it of fell. toppled over just fell then, off the top and i, I don't it, which was weird because i understand like kind of screwing off the first one because like 
you know, Kai kind of came in there. But then when she kind of fell off, I was like, what's happening it here? It was really weird. Um, Unusually sloppy for you. Very, she also had a Hurricane Rana to Bel Air that, like, barely, barely got it, too. That's right. So there was some... She did then hit a cool, like, she did a springboard from one ring top rope to the other ring's top ropes, and then it was... A oh, yeah, that was kick. cool. That looked cool. I like when they do stuff like that. And they seem to be teasing throughout the match um, Io Sky and Asuka matching up at some point. That so, would be really cool. Um, that I was think they, like, things. tease that, like, I think... I feel like they also did that in those Survivor Series when, um you know, when NXT invaded. I yes. feel like they also did that, but yes. I don't know if they ever actually... That would be a cool feud. Let's I think, go. Or, actually, I might be wrong. I think it, it was either that or... Because I remember Kyrie was also in the match, so they might have been doing something with Io and Kyrie because, remember, they were best buddies back yes. when he was a face yes. and before Kyrie left that's right wow that was a while ago um nikki cross hit a dive off the top of the cage onto like everybody Wait, basically shouldn't be shouldn't she be nikki fsh formerly a superhero i guess so. or formerly N- almost a superhero. so nikki fash right she also broke up like a tower of doom spot right that looked like it was gonna happen the finish came when becky lynch went to the top of the cage and hit I guess a leg drop. It almost looked like she just kind of sat on them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was like well, it was kind of like a leg drop to two people. So I don't know. It was kind of like it definitely looked. Like, I guess it was like Who nice. was it Kai and I think it was Kai's guy. Right, it's through a table off the top of the cage. Pretty cool looking spot, regardless. Um, I thought this match was okay. I don't know. I it just there were a lot of sort of clunky moments in there. I honestly thought yeah, it was like really it felt disjointed at sometimes, and there's just like a lot of. It was so like not fluid. I agree. And know? my fa- honestly, the I thought Rhea Ripley looked awesome. She yeah, she comes out of the best. I think so much bigger. Apparently, and they're stronger. going to be pushing her, which I think makes yeah. sense. I think that's smart. She just looks big and strong and mean, right? Um, she just is a, a force. Definitely upped her presentation. I agree. Is, I think they've done that well. That's one thing they've been doing. I think Judgment Day has become like something decent like i, I mean agree. i still think there's room to improve yes but it used to be kind of lame and now oh, it's like i hated it cool. it was really lame but and like, she's cool so i came away from this thinking she kind of looked like a star and like i know this is a bit of a cop best challenger blair could have they, at this point yes I, was, I, I don't even think becky's that interesting at this point and they, i think she's feuding with bailey now and it's one of those everybody worked really hard in this but some of the stuff just didn't work and it, i like i thought it was okay I guess you know what I mean. It was if fine. I'm giving it a star rating, not it's like a three good stars. war games though. Like I've I liked some far more. Uh, all of the NXT ones more than this. Other probably. than 2.0, maybe even yeah. even the 2.0 ones. Like I didn't love them, but I think they were better than this at least. Yeah. Uh, the second match of the night, we get AJ Styles taking on Finn Balor. Speak of the Judgment Day in a battle of like Bullet Club former leaders, I guess. I hate the thing that they were best friends because they yeah. literally were never in Bullet Club together. Right. And also, it seems like they're putting Mia Yim as or Michin as <laughs> as one of the OC members. And it's like, okay, so the whole thing with OC was like they're the original club, they're the only club, they're whatever. Mia Yim has had zero right. affiliation with Bullet Club or any formation of the club ever. So not original. It's literally the opposite. Yes. So like that's like saying um like when WWE brought in the NWO. Um, bringing in Shawn Michaels is like an OG and like he was never, you right. know what I mean? Like it's yep. that, but like at least they didn't, you know. If it was just the club, then sure. fine. But because it's still the OC, I remember what that's supposed to mean. And if you, I mean, technically OC would be Balor and them, but like if you want to go, that fine. Styles and them, sure. That so makes it's not sense. original in many ways. It's not original in multiple ways, and uh, the whole notion that 
Balor and AJ are supposed to be friends because of that. Like that just is annoys me because obviously like that's the kind of inconsistency they would overlook, but still like they were never in the club together. AJ was literally Balor's replacement the same night Balor was ousted from New Japan. It's like Vince McMahon. They they expect you not to remember things. Right. right. I just guess like, like, our, our fans are stupid. They won't remember. To be fair, it is month. from New Japan, but like yeah, as someone who knows, yes. it's stupid. Right. Um, so this match, we had AJ Styles is in control early. Oh, yeah, he was wearing like a black and gray gear because it was like the OC logos and whatnot, but it was all gray. And they both like, talk came... about a boring look. They both had entrance masks, right? Yeah, Balor was just wearing like a black. Balor needs to stop wearing entrance masks. This was worse than like the spiked one he wore at like whatever, like Extreme Rules or whatever. Yeah, it was Extreme Rules. It's so bad. Like, it looks so stupid. And then AJ Styles is wearing, like, a mask he would sometimes wear in Japan, which like a looked, gas mask looked like a thing. less dumb version of scripts. Yeah. And, like, that looked kind of dumb, but I'll forgive it because there's at least kind of a reason for that. Like, yeah. he used to do that. Whatever. That's fine. But Balor looks like an idiot. And also, this reminds me, uh, it's a good time to mention, they had a big giant screen again, which I yes, was they did. totally rooting for. And I definitely didn't want something different because it's just... The big fat screen. I'm pretty sure Balor's charm was just a purple flames, which is really lame. And then they, he still has like they do like the white light every now and then for like the yeah, but he doesn't do it anymore. No, so I don't. I don't like his theme now. I mean, I like it for the heel, but I don't like that they changed it because I I like his theme. So back and forth match counters and whatever from both of these guys, really talented dudes. And then about ten minutes in, probably we get the inevitable brawl at ringside, right between the OC and Judgment Day. So they're like brawling through the crowd and are gone, I think, right? So it yes. leaves Valor and Styles all alone. Oh, um, is a match without Doc Gallows even worth it? So you, you know, you get the calf crusher, doesn't get the submission, but he does. AJ ends up winning with the phenomenal forearm eventually. Um, and I don't know, other notable things. There was a nice suplex into the corner. Um, by AJ Styles, he hit his 450 that always looks awesome, and Styles, uh, there were some chops laid in, so his chest wasn't quite Chris Jericho bleeding, but it was definitely very red by the end of this. I, I don't know. This match was good, I guess. It didn't blow me away. It's a pay-per-view match, one of your big four pay-per-views, it a was singles match. It was fine, and yeah. like, but like considering who was involved, I think it disappointed me a lot because it's just kind of boring. It should be, and again, maybe because I'm not up on storylines, but it doesn't sound like there was a lot going into this, right? So not, not Even storyline aside, these guys should just have a good match. Absolutely. They're, and I don't think that was there so like good ish but nothing that i loved or anything not yeah i want to be able to be like yep they killed it you should go mm -hmm. watch it i'm not definitely not the case definitely not the case in the next match either at the low point of the show for i think us and probably most people i would assume and that is the smackdown women's championship match with ronda rousey defending against shotzi we talked about i just don't have interest in ronda rousey i don't find her a compelling character i don't find her very good in the ring um so anyways Baszler is with her when they head down for this. Um, and I don't know. Is there anything interesting here? You just have Rousey looking dominant. Shots oh, that match. No, nothing interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything. They, no, there's nothing there. Don't they're even... fighting into the crowd a little bit, right? And there were a bunch of uh, clearly planted fans because... Shotzi like dove off of the barricade, right? Onto a bunch something of Something like that. Honestly, I, think so. I don't even remember. And then, so Rousey ended up picking the win in this one. Obviously, I don't think anybody thought that she was going to. Um, there was a belly-belly to suplex counter from a dive from Rousey. And there was supposed to be, uh, oh, remember that? 
the DDT spot on the apron, but Ronda oh, Rousey right, like but it looked like horrible. It was almost like Rousey was holding on to the rope still, and it like where it was almost no impact. Unlike on the it. remember Ishii, you took one and it looked sick. It looked amazing. So it was just like Shotzi's not really good, right? And Ronda oh, Rousey's she's still so bad. And Ronda Rousey's not good enough to carry somebody who's not good exactly. to a good match. She could have a good match with like if she was facing Becky again, right? Yeah, but like so I really did not enjoy this. Um. I didn't think I would coming in, so it didn't under-deliver or anything. No. It delivered, but it delivered it, a it, mediocre at best. It didn't Probably less under-deliver, than but it delivered what I expected, which isn't a compliment. Right. Uh, then we get, I think we both said at the time it was our favorite match of the night, right? The triple threat with Seth Rollins, Bobby oh, Lashley. Seth Rollins' gear was on point. And Austin Theory. It was pretty sweet. So um, this one was, let's see what we've got here. Not a lot of Austin Theory, right? It was a lot of the other two sort of working, which I think was the storyline. It's kind of cool because it Cause fit Theory's in. Because Theory's kind of the forgotten. And it fit in with the finish, right? Which had... um, Yeah, Rollins had like Theory up in a suplex or whatever, something. Yeah. And Lashley speared him and Theory kind of... Fell on rolled, top of him. Well, he kind of rolled over, which is either lazy or like that's how it was an in- intended. And then in which case it would be smart. Yep. Rollins did his dive to the outside. He did a flip over the top. Um, and then we had a, a frog splash to break up a pinfall that he looked good. Like when it comes in, or like when they camera angle it, right? So that it looks like, it yeah, comes in. I love out of that. nowhere. When they I remember they did that in the shield triple threat and it was like, it's the coolest thing. and he had a cool, um, remember he did a stomp to Lashley jumping off a theory. Oh yeah. Back. That, was cool. that looked pretty cool. So yeah, like I thought this was a fun triple threat. I kind of liked the story of theory, not really deserving to win, but sneaking out a win right after. Well, not- now he's kind of become more serious, right? So like he's kind of changed. Yes. presentation this time so i enjoyed this match i thought this was good like i would I, again i wouldn't say you have to rush out and watch it but i thought this was the most enjoyable match to this point i don't know if that's a common thought or not it doesn't really matter but that was initially when this match ended we were like wow that i, I like that that was the best match on the show so far and that should not be when there's a war games <laughs> yeah. match opening right worst match on the show rollins didn't win hate it right bad so I kind of thought that this was just a good match and the little story of yeah, Theory no, not being a dominant performer but sneaking out a win was kind of I don't of cool. think the execution on the finish was perfect, but I liked the idea yeah. that, it, that was there. Same. Um, and yeah, I, I think Rollins' uh, ring gear was really cool. So that, that, was, that, that was really nice. Right. Yeah. Um, so they should make a figure on that. Um, and then hopefully he can move up now. Don't think so. No. Because honestly, i partially given up hope. But like, if he's in the Rumble, then I'll, we'll, I will... At least put him as my third pick. Nice. Uh, men's War Game match is the main event, and we just finished watching that, so it's fresh in my mind. And that is the Bloodline. The well, Us- half of it's fresh in your the mind. The Uso, Solo, Sokoa, Roman Reigns, and Sami Zayn taking on the Brawlin' Brutes, right? Of yeah. Owens, McIntyre, Sheamus, Butch, and Ridge Holland. Be done. So Butch and Be Jay done. Uso, don't do that every time, man. I'm going to do it every time. Um, they start out, and I actually... So they take a while to get started, and I thought maybe they were just going to stand there, and that would have been kind of funny, but that would only work if the heels were um, getting the advantage. Oh, they are getting the advantage here, right? Uh Oh, no, they're not. So that would have made more sense. But anyways, they do start actually wrestling, and I really liked that um, Butch was... Go ahead. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn was working the hand and fingers. I thought it looked really good. At one point, he had the fingers... They are already taped, right? And he had them like stretched out in the cage and kicking them and just doing his finger work, which I thought actually looked pretty good. Uh, then we get, uh, you, you sort of get Reigns stopping Jimmy Uso from being the next entrant. 
and letting right, Sami Zayn go next. We forgot to mention there's a couple of segments where like because they heard Zayn talking to Owens on SmackDown, so there's a couple of backstage. Uh, they were really like, good, I thought. I really liked them, yeah. And Jay was like kind of consulting Roman on that, and then later on they bring Sami in. So this is kind of like the commentary, of course, you and talking that up yes. a million times but like this kind of like range is like testing sammy so he's like right. sending him in there to kind of like even the odds with the uso that doesn't like him the only right. member because even sakoa like well sakoa doesn't seem to like be kind of oozy with anyone but so to like, speak but yeah, like he's not like he's indifferent right so he's like he's sending zane into not only like even the odds against two kind of fresh ish baby faces but then also he's got to help the uso that doesn't like him right so it kind of it works nicely. And one of my favorite things of this match was when they would cut to Reigns like waiting. And in he's the cage. literally he's sitting, sitting on a there, chair, not even really looking. And he literally like, brought him in like a steel chair, so he's just sitting in the cage. His presence now is so strong, which I was yes. saying like back when WWE were ramming him down our throats as a babyface, I never thought we'd get to the point where I like he is a super mega star. That may be the last no great thing Vince did. Yep. And even then there were times where it was just kind of boring, but they definitely recovered it. Cuz he is super cool right now. So um he definitely owes Sami Zayn a bit though cuz like Zayn's definitely brought it back to interesting status. Right. So it is Zayn going in next and he sort of takes his time getting in there and then uh Jimmy gets tables in the cage at one point, right? Um Right. Reigns, as we expected, just sort of jumping ahead, is the last one to enter the cage. Right, kind of like building up to that, which they kind of did with Becky, right? And then so. they had a massive just sort of all four men standing, one group in each ring, sort of staring at each other, standoff. The, and I think it was the baby faces end up invading the heel ring, and they start brawling, obviously. Um, along the way, Jay hit Sami Zayn with a super kick by accident. We had... But then it was kind of cool because obviously he still doesn't like Zane, so it was like he accidentally they do the thing where he accidentally kicks him, but then he's like, "Man, whatever, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't like okay. you." Okay, oh yeah. well. So and, I thought that was kind of cool. And then at some point, Zane pulled Jay away from taking a move, right? Saved him from getting hit, right? Or something. Yes. Um, just kind of there were little glimpses of Sammy showing his loyalty to the bloodline along because the idea is right. He's Kevin trying o- to prove it to Kevin Owens is his real life best friend, right? right. So how's the dynamic going to be once Owen gets in and? You know, this is the bloodline is his new family. And you could see even like when friend. Owens came in, like it was before Reigns was in, but like when Owens came in, I noticed that was interesting because he was going hammy on the Usos, but right. like you notice he never hit Sami Zayn. Right. I don't even think they really came into contact no. until they kept it the to the moment, end. Right. So I thought that was actually kind of an interesting touch. And so, I think that was probably like one of the best parts of this. I agree. And this match was seemed to be more about storytelling, and the women's was more about spots, which a lot of them didn't work out super right. well. And so even this, this one, one was... like, it's still that sports entertainment style that you were talking about, but I feel like at least, like, it wasn't as boring. No. Still, it there is a bit of a disconnect for me, but at least it was more there, in my opinion. And the storytelling, especially the finish, I really yes. enjoyed in this. That so, definitely bumps it up a bit, because they were telling a really nice story in here. So why don't you summarize the finish, then? Right, so there was the one part where, so Owens and Reigns had an exchange. He hit, like, a pop-up powerbomb and a stunner yes. to Reigns, and so he pinned him, and then at two and a half... Um, Zane kind of grabs the referee's arm and stops him, and he's kind of like looking at Owens. Right. Then I think Jimmy goes for a super kick at one point on Owens, and he catches it. But then that Zane takes the opportunity to hit a low, low blow. Low blow, right? And he, he's kind of conflicted, but then he doubles down, hanging with a haluva kick, and he throws him down to for Jay to hit an USO splash. Had to be Jay, right? And then Jay gets the win. And then after that, like Jay's kind of like him and Zane are hugging it out. Our bloodline's all good. Mm-hmm. Reigns is whatever, and you know stuff. 
it just I really enjoyed it was really well done. The final few minutes of this, right? It's just a compelling story. Sami Zayn's amazing. I honestly think all of the Bloodline guys are doing a fantastic job. Even Solo Sokoa, who's just your like silent, cold enforcer, works. And you can see too, right? like the Umaga influence definitely yes. in when he was wrestling yes. and like the spinning he solo. Sent someone through a table, right? With the, the spinning spin. solo. Yeah, was that Owens he put through the table? I think- it was either Owens or I want to say it was McIntyre. It looked good, anyways. I think it was McIntyre. Um, so I enjoyed this match. I don't think it was amazing War Games match, but just the storylines in it with Sammy and the Bloodline, Sammy and Kevin Owens. Um, the Brawling Brutes are fine. They cut. They're kind of interchangeable with any group that you wanted to sort of, because that wasn't really what this was about. Yeah, it wasn't my think. favorite because they did all the synchronized. They did beats the batteron, like which I'm there, like, if you want to complain about Black Bull, there's there was some choreography going yeah. on that was a bit annoying. And, like, that's the stuff that annoys me about Butch, because that's just, like, so not Pete Dunne. I feel like McIntyre didn't really shine here. No. I, I, he, just feel, he just felt like shine. a guy there, other than maybe Owens, I guess. I guess it's just the bloodline are so interesting that it's in comparison, right? They look kind of, I don't know. The bloodline are just firing on all cylinders now, I think. So Agreed. I like this match, and the finish, definitely, final couple minutes or whatever. Um, Very interesting. Were, yeah, the the Owens flurry with his two finishers, and then Sammy getting involved, and the low blow and all of that was, was really, really compelling TV for me. So I like this match. Um, Probably my favorite match on the show, I guess, followed by the triple threat, just because um, of the story of I this I think one. so, yeah. I really liked. So um, overall, I didn't think it was a super impressive pay-per-view. Like, we didn't really plan this, but if I were going to throw a letter grade on it, uh, I guess a C plus. Like nothing was bad, bad, bad. It wasn't as bad as Survivor Series last year. Because remember, we hated, we hated that. It. Hated that. So it was so boring. Right. So um, this is a lot better. Yeah, but it still wasn't amazing, right? Like there's nothing I would say. Go out and watch the main event, but you could really just skip to the last five minutes if you want. Right. To, <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, right? But uh, so an okay pay per view. The the women's championship match was bad. I thought. Everything else was like decent to good. So a, a decent offering from them. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's our quick Survivor Series review. Now we'll move into actually talking about our in-depth review of this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. All right. You got your document open? Tell me about Dynamite this week. Talk to me. Did we start? Yeah, we started. Cool. The, the recording is recording. Um, so we open the show with Jonathan Moxley speaking. Um, so he says he grew up about 90 miles from Indianapolis, which is where they are. Sure. And he used to wrestle there and that was a long time ago. And it's been a crazy ride where you never know what's around the corner. There are three certainties, those being death, taxes, and John Moxley. He says there's nobody who can out wrestle, out fight, out bleed, out sweat him, etc. And uh, the AW, he did not say etc. And nope. the AW ring belongs to him and says there isn't a man locker room or anywhere that has the balls to tell him any different. And Hangman's music hits, so Hangman's back. So yeah, that was him. great. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that. Me and too. I think he'd be back because I heard nothing about it. But Re- Yeah, I was surprised I'm as well. And Pleasantly said, surprised. And they said he's not been cleared yet. Um, so And he goes face to face with Mox. Uh, Moss, Mox asks if he's sure he wants to do this after what happened last time. At, right. Um, and then and the crowd, <laughs> and then he's like, "Sorry, he might not remember that." That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And then Hangman attacks him like pretty. He goes pretty hard on it, and then they yeah. have to keep King pulled apart. Like they keep trying to like it was pretty aggressive. I uh I really like this because I thought, okay, it's a segment. It's going to be Mox talking for a really long time. He doesn't. He basically just challenges anyone. And again, surprised that Hangman comes comes back. 
they do have that existing story where Moxley knocked him out, right? Um, concussed him and sent him out for a while. So I was kind of thinking Moxley was going to be gone because he's been delaying taking that vacation or holiday, whatever he's been doing. Is due. he even going to do that anymore? But like... like I think this is really smart because these guys don't need a championship at stake for me to be really interested, especially... Well, especially now that's what's happened. With, yeah, that uh, sort of hangman getting shoot knocked out, as they say, right? So I think this is a pretty smart idea here. They're presenting him as a badass without saying a word here, It's a little right? bit of a detour for Mox to, like... He'd be so pissed at Regal and want that title back, and now he's going to pivot, but I'm not really complaining too much. Right. It's Yeah, it is a bit, you would think he'd be focused on MJF, but if they want to go a different direction, this is a smart little detour, I think, for Moxley to be taking. So I thought this was like minimal talking, and uh, I'm not usually a fan of pull-aparts because it is a pretty stiff, but this one felt a little bit more legitimate than usual because... Hangman would have an issue with this guy right now, right? And doesn't care if he's the champion or not. He wants his revenge. And Moxley's the type of guy that's not going to back down from a challenge. So I thought all of this made sense. Now, I'm not sure I needed this to be my opening segment on the show, but I enjoyed it still. You? Um, yeah, I thought this was a pretty solid way to start the show. I thought the Mox one was pretty generic, but I thought it was still delivered well. Like, it was pretty solid. Um, then I'm glad it's set up Hangman coming back, and it it was pretty cool. Like you said, you didn't say anything. He just went after him. He went pretty hard, and that was that caught me off guard. But um, of course, all in for like a full match between them. Hopefully, yes. Uh, goes better given how the last one ended. I thought Mox's reply was amusing when Hangman came in. You might not remember. That was good stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wonder how much he actually does remember. Right. I don't know. I guess. Well, I mean, it's not like it continued after. So I've never know. been knocked out, so I can say I don't know. That's <laughs> true. Thankfully. Um, yeah, so that was pretty good. Um, I don't know if I would open either, but I mean, I guess it's a hot way to start the show. Yep. I enjoyed um, it. And then they, I remember they had like the bit later, which I'll talk about, but that kind of reminded me of what was it, the punk Moxley thing, I think, when they kept like, during the show, they would keep like, oh, yeah. um, I think that's what, it was Moxley and someone, right? it I was think punk, so, yeah. right? I, think. I believe that's correct. I think. I trust you. I don't know. I try More to, than I trust I try to suppress those memories, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, so we get our opening match, which is Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood. And I'm super excited. For me, this is two of the best wrestlers this year, right? Like, if you want to talk about my um, list of top performers, both of these guys are on it. So I'm pretty excited for this Honestly, one, obviously. Pun intended, honorable mention would be Sami Zayn. Yeah, 100%. Character work-wise, he's, like, crushing it every week. I think I'll just put him as an honorable mention. He has some of the most interesting segments, because I actually do keep up with a lot of the bloodline. Like, his acting is fantastic. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. Canadian boy. Anyway, sorry. This mm -hmm. match. Um. Yeah, so, in some of the notables, there's a suicide out by Danielson sends Dax over the barricade. Um, when we come back from a commercial break, Dax is hitting the consecutive Germans. Um, okay, that sounds weird. Like, he's just... There's like a line of German, of German people, people, and he's, and he's taking them out, them one by one. They attack them one by one. <laughs> um, there's a power driver by Dax for two. Uh, later on, he goes for Avalanche Brainbuster. Danielson slips out, shoves him, crotching, crotching him on the corner. Looks, it says crocheting, but I don't crocheting him in the corner. Yeah. Got out the needles in the yarn and <laughs> yeah. built a trap in the corner. Yeah, uh, a did contraption. You know your, did you know your grandmother, my mother, uh, used to crochet? And why is that fascinating? Do you know what crocheting entails? Wouldn't you need two hands Correct. for that? Because my mother, your grandmother, literally only has one hand, but she somehow 
crocheted. I don't. I don't. I don't, even, I don't remember how she did it, but she did. But anyway, scary on. It's not even like because I remember you said she played tennis. Where that she I plays think tennis. That makes sense. Rep. Good tennis Cause, player. Right, because you could totally do that. Yeah. Like, because once you serve, you're literally like you but don't crocheting. Need it's a mystery. I don't. I but don't. She get did it. it. Yep. All right. You just find a way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you'd have to. Sorry, that was um, behind the curtain on our family there a little bit, but that's okay. And then um. Danielson rings on the hammer and involves up top and then goes for an avalanche back suplex. Dax counters midair into a crossbody. Yes. And then Danielson counters back to pin him for two. There's a lengthy strike exchange, just a lot of like clotheslines. Then just like oh, kind of clothesline clubs. Or, like, I love that sequence. Where it's like you hit them, but they don't go down. Yeah, both men just being defiant and just really, really hitting each other hard. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the sh- yes, kicks from Danielson. Uh, Dax ducks the roundhouse because almost everyone does. Uh, attempts a German Danielson flips out, goes for the Bicycle knee, but Dan- or Dax catches him, hits a slingshot powerbomb for two. Love that move too. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go. The finish comes and they're going like back and forth, pins in a small package. And then Danielson transitions his into a LaBelle lock, and Dax eventually taps, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I thought this was pretty fantastic. There wasn't much chance I wasn't gonna like it. I thought this was an awesome one-on-one TV match. You know, Harwood's not winning because it's like. He's super dominant in a tag team match, but he's just missing something, right? I don't know what it is, right. but you can't quite get these single match results like he does. Um, super physical. That strike exchange in the middle I thought was captivating as they were just really taking liberties with each other and kind of standing there defiantly. And just everything each of these guys does looks really real and intense, which is my favorite style of wrestling, which is maybe one of my complaints with WWE, right? right. Um, is these guys are really beating the heck out of each other to a certain degree. So I could watch these guys wrestle each other all day. Um, if there had been more of a build to this, obviously that would have made it even more interesting. Uh, but I thought this was a really, really good TV match. Yeah, but I think it's one of those TV matches where it's just like you throw it because it's something good for TV. Exactly. Then... It works but, for me. I see though. Yeah. I see they're facing each other. I'm excited. So yeah, it works for me. Um, I think... Uh, this could have been better with more time, but I think for what they got, they did a great job. Definitely a step up from the first match we got last week, which was Hager and Cassidy. Yeah, eh. very true. Very good comparison. Um, the clothesline bit they have was pretty cool, like you said. Um, they just kept going and kept countering moves as well, which was cool. Namely, that sequence that ended in the sl- slingshot powerbomb was pretty cool. Um, I wish it went a little longer, but it was really good for a TV match. And at least we can say this match happened. Yes. We haven't gotten it before. That's right. I enjoyed it. Um, kind of a random one, but you know, sometimes that's how it goes. Yeah, I don't. You can make it random as long as it's uh, engaging. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have Ricky Starks interview, and he says he's going to enter the Dynamite, uh, Diamond Ring Battle Royal, which is next week, and he says he'll win it because he's coming for everything MJF has, and he's coming for a spot. Good luck. Uh, and he is owed everything MJF has, and he's absolute for a reason. He'll prove it. Uh, this week and next week, and at Winners Coming. So the next three consecutive weeks. Um, and then so also, like, my thoughts were, like, Shivani mentioned the ring battle royal will have slightly different rules with MJF being the champion as well, which I don't know why, because I don't think you get anything when you get the ring. But anyways, they also failed to mention what that would entail, so I'm curious. I'm imagining it gets them a number one contender spot. But MJF's champion. But they're going to change the rules, so... But what if he wins the ring? He then won't. Does he get a number one contender that's spot? That's what I'm saying. He won't. I don't know. Why wouldn't he? Maybe that, then he can his... choose his contender or something. I don't know. What? He would, he would choose no one then. No, he would but choose. isn't the ring, that's his cheating mechanism. It is. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um. The, the promo was solid, though. 
Yeah, I thought like it was logical for him to say these things, right? That he wants to take everything from MJF. Well delivered. Like he's a good talker, but we all know neither of those things are going to happen, right? So it's kind of it makes sense for him to say it, but good luck with any of that, Ricky Starks, right? That you're the classic like placeholder challenger right now. I think the most likely win that isn't MJF would be Ethan Page, and then maybe Starks doesn't win the Battle Royal, but he screws MJF out of the ring, and then yeah. Page takes the ring, because I could see Page working with that. Yeah. But I don't think... Ethan Page or Hangman Page? Oh, definitely Hangman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Ethan Page, because he's actually in the match. And I don't know, I feel like that would work if if it's not MJF. I think it works the best with MJF. Like, that should just be the thing that he keeps he winning. He never loses it. Yeah, he, yeah. it's his ring. It's, it's his sh- Undertaker streak. Exactly. Yeah. And then... When he wins it, it'll be like someone, it'll be their equivalent of Brock Lesnar, someone who's not young and doesn't need the win, but they gave it to him anyway. See, they should give him a new ring every time, and then he gets so many, he fuses them into brass knuckles. So he has brass knuckles made of the dynamite rings. Dynamite, diamond, knucks. Right. That would be cool. <laughs> Anyways, carry on. We got to get moving. Um, so next we get him, then we come back from commercial break and Moxley and Hangman. Or go at it again because security are scoring him away. Mox comes back out and they're brawling. There's some parking lot looking there. Yeah. At one point, Mox went into one of those garage doors. Um, it was a solid bit. Like, sells this as a hot thing already. Like, it's just a yeah. Small it was just piece. a few second cutaway to them like right. continuously brawling. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get like a Jazz Blackpool interview thing with Renee, like sitting down with them, which because that's what we needed. I don't like. Again, how long has this feud been going on? Since how, a- how many months? Since April, at least. Because I'm counting on my fingers, right? April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. December. Eight months. August. Plus. Full we'll end. Say. Well, yeah. Okay, so Let it months. die. I don't know. Like, and, and we're guys that like, like, long-range feuds and stuff. But this is... It feels almost aimless. Like a, It is lo- at this point. Long-term storytelling without a purpose is not like... Right. It's not... This is not the elite in Hangman. This is, is not, not. So anything I like didn't that. need this, but we got no. it. No. And no uh, physicality is agreed to. Jericho is not even thing. here because it's it. This one of the focal yes, points true. here is that that Claudio and versus Jericho is coming up a final battle. Jericho is not even here. No. So literally the entire. Okay, I guess Guevara is not there. Never mind. Um, so it's two point Garcia and Hager opposite Yuta and Claudio. Yeah. Because is Blackpool still even a thing? I, that's the other question, right? Like, if Regal leaves, do we even have the right to call Blackpool anymore? Because none of them I are from Blackpool. I wouldn't think so. That's his thing, right? So, right, they're gonna have to figure some of this out. But yeah, I, I don't need this to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so Menard talked about um Claudio will join Jazz when he loses to Jericho final battle. Um, Claudio says he's sick of them, sick of the sit down interview, and he's going to prove he's better than Jericho. Uh, he leaves. Um, and so oh, actually, after this, um. He leaves because Garcia challenges them to a tag match against Hager and him next week. Sure. Yeah. Um, you just said that's fine, <laughs> but he wants to face Garcia for the pure title at Final Battle, and Garcia accepted. That'll be cool. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I guess that's the rubber match. Yeah. Right. Um, I thought it was fine. I like Renee because she actually tried to get things under control when they kind of started arguing. So I like that she's kind of like. She's good in that She's role. the interviewer that, that's got some personality that's she actually kind of like trying to keep things in line you know what i mean yes. like if she's trying to keep her segment like because the rest of them all just be. blend together like they they're just, just they just do the interview and the like, microphone right. yeah um so he's not the, and i thought like this is fine claudio's bit was fine he's not the only one sick of this whole thing yeah um the him joining jazz stipulation is lame because i heard that there was some stipulation in that match it's, on rampage it's gonna happen and that's your stipulation that's lame i think that's gonna happen 
and I don't want it to because I don't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't care. But I think like because as we're saying, the Blackpool Combat Club's already splintering, right? Like, there's no reason to salvage that. Like, I thought this was okay. Like, I thought actually Wheeler Yuta sounded good, which is nice because sometimes he doesn't. But I didn't think Claudio did. Um, yeah. And then the rest of Jass were just being loud, obnoxious. Yeah. Which they're supposed to be. But again, like, just I don't want this anymore. I want it to end. And maybe when Claudio joins Jass, that's the death of Blackpool Combat Club. I don't know. But something's got to give here, right? This has to end at some point. Right. Um, uh, what happened? Yeah, right? Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> Samoa Joe next versus AR Fox of the TNT title. Officially signed AR Fox now. Mm-hmm. All, officially All Elite. Actually, go ahead and talk. I'm curious how old he is because I know he's been wrestling forever. Mm-hmm. Um, some notables, uh, Joe went for a clothesline, but Fox talks underneath, kips up, and then hits an Insigiri. Uh, he goes for a topic on heel on the outside, but Joe does that thing where he just, like, walks out of the way smugly. And, but yeah. Fox also leans on his feet and hits a pump kick to Joe. He's 35. That's not bad. Yeah, no. Um, kick combo, followed by a basement cutter and a 450 splash for 2 by Fox. Basement cutter is kind of weird because he's really close to the ground. So Re- it's like, not a much, ton of impact. How much damage are you really going to do there? Right. Um... Fox goes for a swanton, but Joe again does a thing where he just smugly walks out of the way, which is always funny. Then he rams Fox with a back elbow, and he actually wins with the muscle buster, to my surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe welcomes us to, us to a new and glorious area and says he's the one true king of television, which I love that. I love that nickname. King That's of funny. TV? Yeah, because he's got both TV yeah. titles. So it makes I, I, sense. I really like that. Um, Wardlow interrupts on the Tron and mocks the nickname in the mocks because he he's blaming him for war, Joe. Yeah. Um. And he says he's coming for what's his and says Wardlow's world, blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought it was a solid little match here. I thought Fox out um Fox had a solid showing for the little he got. I think he looked better in the trios match, but still solid here. Yeah. Um and Joe also looked um good, like decently dominant. He did. Um pretty short one here, but they fit a solid amount of stuff for the time they had and Joe cooled the two belts. Wardlow, fine. Yeah, it was a good match. Joe looked dominant for sure. I Fox got a few highlights. I was hoping he'd get a little bit more. Um, but still, and the post-match Wardlow encounter was fine, but, like, how do you feel about Wardlow's world line? I can't stand it. Like, I don't know, it's fine it makes me for think of times, Elmo's world, like... and that's just not an intimidating thing, right? I don't know, I think you kind of need to give it a rest. Like, why do we keep going back to that? I, I don't like it. I think it's a, a bad, like, tr- a whatever line for him to say all the time not a big fan of it but anyways yeah it's not like you're adam cole and you're saying that's undisputed right which was cool it's just i don't know wardlow's world it sounds juvenile i i don't know i don't like it for him i find it's bad yeah i don't know it's it's, it's weird bad this, this catchphrase is bad <laughs> catchphrase reviewer for all you office fans you might get that East reference nice um next we got hobbs vignette which is kind of cool you're just like walking the street test i think it was cali and um, he was talking about how he's been bullied and beaten up, and it's only made him tougher. He says he's going to take what belongs to him to be continued. Even though he didn't, but... <laughs> it was what well, he's going to. But I, I thought this was a cool, like, just different. I like when they put people in different settings, right? So I, it's like when Carmelo's in the barber shop and you find a different place. I like this. Um, and I'm glad he's... Is he going to put Trek through the window? <laughs> I'm glad he's still getting um, attention even if it's a quick little thing like this. Yeah. Cause Hobbs I thought it was cool because cool, yeah. it, was, it was unique. So. Yeah, right. It's different. Short little bit, um, yep. but it's cool. Speaking of short, uh, next we get MJF speaking. <laughs> Not short. <laughs> Far too long, I'll tell you right now, people. Far Spo- too long. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, so Regal comes out and introduces MJF. <laughs> MJF speaks, and the first thing we get is Regal speaking. Right. 
Um, MJ said that the only thing I don't like about Regal and AW is that they, they don't get to use his iconic theme. And he's got his full-on heel scowl on his face. He looks... Uh, the way he could, like changes his face to be a heel is so cool. He's mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so MJ comes out and says he knows the fans aren't bright, but when the best wrestler in the world has a microphone, they should keep their hillbilly mouth shut. Um, and then it led to... Or the fans were telling shut the F up, and then he he read the email from Regal telling MJ that he was weak after the firm attacked him. And Regal told MJ he didn't have to grab the diamond ring. He had to grab the brass ring. Uh, brass knuckles. MJF said he met with Regal many times, saying that Regal was a genius. MJ said that Regal didn't want MJF just to beat Moxie. He wanted MJF to leave Moxie with an emotional scar, so he didn't forget the day that he was out tomorrow by MJF. Which, like, does Regal hate Moxley or something? Like, I, I don't know. There's no explanation of so that. I thought it was really. the whole thing, like, he respects and, like, him and Danielson, like, because they have all that history. Or I guess his desire to create the ultimate mega heel it overpowers all of his other connections. I don't know I, if that's something the like that, I guess. Story. I yeah. Um, MJ brought up the firm saying he kind of respects them. They saw weakness in him and he said they attacked him and he would have done the exact same thing. And he says he's not the type to chase anyone down because that requires effort and effort is for pores like the crowd. So basically, I'm done with the firm, right? Don't expect me to seek any revenge. That was just a minute. Like, I, I guess. I wish they were still affiliated with him. I don't but... get why they did the whole thing of like, because now he's uber heel again. So it's like, why did you do the right. whole fake baby face split with them thing and where's w morrissey i want to see w morrissey and now it's like all of those guys are so far beneath me i'm not even going to be bothered to deal with them right which, which is what he's saying here which I makes sense it's kind of weird yeah um so he moved on to talk about the world title saying uh he made a promise to make change around here and he said when he looked at the title it makes him gags he's tacky it lacks class and reminds him of all the men who held it previously um mj said they were all talented in their own right but none of them on his level he said this version of the AEW title is garbage, much like the, much like the fans, and he tossed it down. Uh, Regal moved like the black cover on the thing they had, and it was it's an AEW world title, but they called the he calls it the Big Burberry belt, the Triple B, right? Um, because the strap kind of has like the scarf pattern it on it. It is pretty subtle, but it's there. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, me too. Um, just because it's not like over flashy, and like it, it it is, I guess, the classy that he's referring to. Yeah, and Shivani hated it. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah, MJ said that nobody deserved to re- be recognized at World Champion except for him because he won the title, but okay. Makes sense. Um, He trashed fake tough guys like Kingston um, and saying he'll never be World Champion. He called Ricky Starks a fake tough guy and he's a fake star. Um, He talked about the worst of the worst fake wrestlers like Brian Danielson. He said that in comparison to him, Danielson couldn't wrestle his way to a goddamn paper bag. I wonder if he's lining up his opponents here. Kingston, Danielson. I'm fine with both of those. Starks. Starks is already happening, so. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Where's, well, Kingston hasn't really been doing much. No. But you can heat him up fast. Mm-hmm. People love him. And MJ told Regal that some people can't be helped, even though Regal helped Brian. Um, MJ continued. Um, Did he ever? Yeah. And he said uh, he's going to be world champion for a very long time, and all the way, in fact, until the bidding war of 24. Uh, he says he'll use the Triple B to get a bigger contract and trash the, uh, the crowd again, saying he'll get more money in a day than the fans will get in their lives. And talked about how the right con will need to show him the money. Only mentioned Nick, right. um, which I forgot he's the co CEO with um Steph. I think like yeah. I forgot he kind of runs it. Yep, he does. And in his buddy trips, yep, which he actually said, which was funny. He did. Uh, he says he's getting sick of looking at wrestling fans, so maybe Hollywood will win. Um, and he talks about how there are some fans that were over the moon when he became world champion. And said that your happiness will turn to resentment because 
you people are fickle, which um, I saw someone compare like that Danielson said that yeah. when he unveiled oh, yeah. his own custom title. That's correct. So Fickle was his big thing for a while there. I remember yeah. that. Yep. Um, playing as champion. Um, he says all he does, uh, or soon that they will say he's boring, repetitive, all he does is talk, he's a coward, he never wrestles into those people. He says, great. I've just said that those are the people that will pray to God that somebody takes Triple B off of him. Uh, he says he'll defend the title very rarely and wrestle very rarely because he's a special attraction. He told the fans to buy a pay-per-view to see somebody try to dethrone him. Um, MJ said he'll t- have a title reign that'll be long while trash- he trashed Hogan, JBL, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Sam Martino, who will rot in his grave. Um, MJF held up the title, and he said he almost forgot. And he said that without these brass knuckles and without Regal, none of this is even possible. He said that for 40 years, Regal has given blood, sweat, and sacrifice to this business. That's what he wanted to say from the bottom of his heart. And then he hits him in the back of the head with the Yeah, he's sort of walking nux. behind him as he's saying that and then blindsides him in the back of the head with the nuts. And Regal gets taken out and then they kind of sell it because obviously Regal's got that history of right. injuries. So really lengthy, like came back from the break and they're still putting him on the right, yeah. backboard and stuff, right? So very serious um, treating this as it seems like a write-off for Regal. We'll see, I guess. Uh, I don't know, man. This was too long for me. MJF, always good speaking, but just... Uh, <laughs> And it's funny because I made a quote uh, note of one of his quotes because he is so good on the mic. So when he screws up, it makes me laugh. Remember, he said, like sharks smelling water. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of blood in the water, I guess. I do like the idea that they brought. Remember, this whole thing kind of started with an email and now is kind of ending with an email. Oh, yeah. He kind of mocked that line as Regal was down. He was like saying something about that. Right. Because I don't think he would have liked because remember, Regal's comeback was basically like, dude, you got that upset about an email, like you're not a true villain, right? Like, and I think MJF, that's sort of stuck in his craw, as they say. So I kind of like that coming back around, but they could have condensed this a lot. I do like the heel belt, the custom belt for MJF, because like it plays into this, like he, he believes he's just holding this thing forever, right? He's never losing it. So I'll make my own belt and that'll be the belt right. going forward. So I kind of like that. Um, again, they could have condensed this for me. How do you... How do you feel about the constant references to like WWE, the free agency, Triple H? I see a lot of people don't think that's good for. It doesn't bother me. I don't know. No, I think and, it's. In, I think it's interesting. And even if he does end up leaving to WWE, that's that's kind of a payoff, right? That you're right. So I, I've seen a lot of people are like, oh, they shouldn't do that and acknowledge the other company, but that's WWE style, and I've never liked that. Right? That they're treating them like no other company exists. We are it. So again, I like realism. So realistic. He's a free agent. He's a horrible, or he will be. He's a horrible monster. He's gonna try and get as much money as he can. It makes sense for his character. So I personally don't right. mind it. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I like the attack on Regal. I guess I, I, if it means he's gone from AEW, I don't love it so much. But um, this is the MJF that we want, right? Just an absolute heel. So other than being far, far too long, there were some really good parts yeah. to this. Oh uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. MJF always delivers really well, and happy we got more context on the full gear events. And the belt is pretty nice. Um, at least it looks the same because that belt's beautiful. Right. I didn't want any major changes either. So just I thought subtle... I saw some people saying you should have trolled everyone with a spinner belt or made it really small like the original women's belt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just a, a different um, leather, I guess, strap on it that looks it looks cool. I thought. Yeah. And then they can sell that when he's done. Right. Merch. Yeah. Like sure. make replicas of that. Um, it was a little too long, but MJF's great, so I still liked it, and I thought the turn was a little surprising, but I'm interested to see what happens now, if he's even still here. Yeah. Um, so at least we got something interesting out of this. Um, again, I don't know what this means for Blackpool. 
because now Regal has no affiliations or some affiliations. He's dead, basically, or, yeah. He's dead. I don't, I don't know. Death on wrestling this week, you know? <gasps> yes. Multiple. Um, yeah, so we come back from commercial break with Regal being stretchered into an ambulance and then it drives away. Mm-hmm. Um, then we, next we got Ricky Starks versus Ari Davari. Epic. Um, yeah. Epic match. Um, Paige and Hathaway come out to speak, um, but Matt Hardy interrupts them, and then they tell him to go to the back because they own him, and he's going to help Paige win the ring. And then Paige uh, cuts a quick promo saying Starks took away number one contendership from him. He tells Starks he's going to lose to MJF in, if he even makes it to winner's coming. And Paige will come and take on MJF when he's tired and done with Starks, and he'll beat him, and Starks can sit there and cry. Um, so then Davari attacks him off the distraction. Spear, Rochambeau, Starks wins. Yeah, I had already forgotten Matt Hardy's role in anything. I forgot that, A, that angle happened, B, that the match actually happened, C, I didn't know that Paige won. So it's not just me then? No, Perfect. I totally forgot. Me too. So absolute squash, see what I did there? Ha. Um, and this again, just to have us think that Starks has a chance against MJF, which he doesn't. Um, and I guess he's still involved with Ethan Page, right? So didn't you feel like this is like, Starks is losing to MJF. Starks and Page are not done. They're few. I guess so. Sort of feels like where it's going. So whatever. Um, the, it was nice to see the Rochambeau, right? So cool. Like this was more about the more angle, angle than the match, but not but much. That's either. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't fine. need Matt Hardy in any capacity. So feel free to not do that. I'm just glad we have the sober Hardy. I guess. Boom roasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we get a Baker Hater interview. Um, so Baker talks about Baker talks about Pittsburgh Steelers winning. Whatever. I don't care. Moving Football. On. Sure. Um, Soraya having a sit-down interview, I think, on Rampage, and Hater says such funny wasn't he sit down with her, and they they pressure him settling on that for next week. Baker signs off. Uh, it was pretty short, but I think it was fine. I think Hater in that capacity will be interesting because she can kind of flex her promo chops a bit more. Mm-hmm. So Which we'll I think it. she's pretty decent. We'll see how that goes. So I I thought this was pretty good, too. And they do have a point about Soraya getting more attention than Hater, right? That should not be how this is going right, right now. Um, and I want this title run to be about Hater, not Baker. So Baker, like, interrupting and stuff. Because she's already an established star, and she's amazing. And this, for me, this is Hater's time to emerge. However, I will say it's easy to forgive that because I think this is the beginning of, like, a lengthy breakup storyline where Hater's going to get tired of uh, Brit doing these things right and sort of like taking a backseat to her even though she's the champion so I could see this becoming like face right. turn for hater so in that case I'm not too upset about it if that's where it's going but I do want at some point that hater is the focus of this because it still feels like Brit Baker's the faction leader and one of her faction members has the belt which is strange and kind of interesting to right. see where they go with it right and I, I suspect that is the storyline they're going to go with so I'm going to be patient um, and hope that they eventually let Hater start speaking for herself as well, yes. Mm-hmm. What the heck? There we go. Sorry. It's okay. Um, next, we have a women's match, which is Willow versus Anna Jay. Uh-huh. Woo! This is, I'm going to say it. How many weeks do I say it? This is your women's match on Dynamite this week. What are you doing? Anna Jay. Anna Jay. Anna Jay. And even though A-S. I'm a Willow fan, it's not like she's been built to be an attraction at this point either. Maybe this is what they're going to do, but I like Willow, but... How interesting is right. she? How, like, she's not elevated right now. Right. But anyways, carry on. Um... There's a series of short-arm lyrics by Willow. Jay blocks one, hits a back elbow, then Willow hits a back suplex and a low cross body for two. 
Blockbuster by Jay, Spinebuster by Willow for two, Gory Bomb by J- by Jay for it two. Good. I'll give Willow her credit. wins the Doctor Bomb. Uh, Ruby Soho returns after the match to get payback on Ty Conti for breaking her nose. Right. Notice how fast I was able to do this. So I have a note here with an exclamation point. So maybe you remember because that means I liked it in my own shorthand. Willow shows us how to break a hold. What did she do? I have no idea. Oh, she just like fell back on a sleeper. Oh, that's right. She was in a, in the Queen Slayer and she like brought all of her body weight back and it looked pretty awesome actually. Oh, your favorite so, submission. Right, the Queen Slayer. Um, so I like Willow. She showed, showed some pretty cool high impact stuff in this. And Anna J like serviceable, I guess is the nicest way to put it. So she gave Willow a heel to play off of, I guess, in this. But again, only women's match this week. Ruby Soho's return um, doesn't do anything for me. I don't know about you, but like, I don't really care. Good for her. That I guess she's... that's another person they cannot really use a lot. Good for her. She's cleared to wrestle, I guess. But um, and whatever she hit on the ramp to Conti did look good. I thought it was okay. I liked it anyway. It's like a worse version of Sister Abigail, though. But my complaint is like or a Blade Runner. Because I like Willow and I think she can be a strong baby face, you kind of like gave her a bit of momentum winning and then took it away because it's not about her anymore, right? The match is over. Now it's all about um, Ty Conti or whatever, Ty Mello, right? I think. Yeah. And, it's, and Ruby Soho now. So her, her, like her winning a match is just like a backdrop for other people. Right. So I didn't love that because the fans are kind of behind Willow and are willing to get behind Willow. So I was hoping... And maybe that's still the plan for her to build some steam. But I'm glad she got a win. But then I feel like they just pulled away any momentum she had by being like, nope, it's about other people now. So right. that's my thought mm-hmm. on that. <laughs> um, it was a fine enhancement match. The word that comes to mind is subpar. Yeah. Um, it's Anna J, man. Like she's, and she's young. And I'm not saying she'll never be good, but she's not good now. I don't even, I don't know what she is anymore. She's not star of the show. She's not heel queen slayer. She's not dark order. She's and a JAS, and I don't know what her thing... Other than that, she's a sports entertainer, which is the bare minimum everyone in that faction but gets. But what does that mean? Exactly, and I don't know what she is. No, and I mean, she's adequate in the ring, I guess, but I find, like... I don't want adequate. I don't really believe her in any character, babyface or heel. I'm just like, you're just kind of there. The best thing she ever did was so, choking out Brandy Rhodes, and that's because I right. hate Brandy Rhodes. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Not a big Anna J fan, but again, super young could turn out to be amazing. We, I hope so. Ah, uh, I not, haven't seen not Brandy now Ro- though. I haven't seen Brandy Rhodes in ages. Okay, carry on. Genuine smile. <laughs> House of Black. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's just a recap of House of Black killing everybody. To recap, good. Yep. Um, next we get a QT Orange Cassidy interview, kind of off the and back of that because it's kind of related. One line I liked specifically from that was they said, "One of us making less of them." I thought that was a cool. Oh yeah, the, I think the line was like, "By the end of the week, you'll see more of us making less of them." Right. I think, which I think is cool. Yeah. So they're gonna like maybe one by one start taking out that group, which would be cool. Well, they took up both groups. I guess yes. True. Heel or babyface, they do not care. Sorry, carry on. Kill all. Yep. Um, QT says they have unfinished business, and he keeps getting interrupted. He wants a touch on Cassie. She's like, "Sure, okay, yeah." And then QT's like, "It'll be a lumberjack match," and he's just like, "Okay, yeah." And he's just like, "Right away." Yeah. So I thought that was actually pretty funny. Me too. So that was that was funny. Um, QT is a hell of a challenger. Is one of the worst and least believable ones since Lee Johnson. Note how they are both from the same faction. I thought Cassidy played this beautifully, and I actually laughed because like QT's the the heel who just wants to run his mouth, but nobody like the interviewer nor the person he's talking to are willing to listen and they just sort of like cut him off and move on, which right. I thought was pretty funny. 
I think the factory is such a, such a crappy faction because QT is definitely the most high-profile guy in there. Yes. So when QT is the most high-profile guy in a faction... To me, like, put like have them as a heel faction on your internet shows. No problem. They do not need to be on TV, especially considering the bloated nature of this roster. Guys, this low on your card, they don't need to be on TV at all. Even yeah, though I like You're this telling me segment. I need to see Cole Carter on Rampage? Right. Nope. No, not at all. He can go on Dark and Elevation, sure. And then maybe... I don't know. You start developing them, whatever, but they don't need to be it's on TV. It's been a waste of time since you face Ricky Starks randomly. There's so many people that don't get on TV at all. Like, this is not who I put on. Mm. But still like the segment, so. Uh, next we get the Cargill segment. Yeah. Yay. Um, you didn't like it, I'm guessing. No, not really. Um, So she's wearing, like, some... She had, like, a green robe, and then she had, like, this thing where so it's, like, it's supposed to look like, I guess, like... A bikini or whatever, like with like money on it, but she's got like money bills on like her arms and legs, so it's clearly like a whole bodysuit thing, yeah, right? It's like but a most of it's meant to look like skin colored bodysuit, and so it looked really weird because at first I thought genuinely it was, but then I was like, she has money on her legs, so I'm like, oh okay, she's wearing like leggings, like because he said like a lot of time like they, it's not their real legs or whatever. Yeah, they're like, all usually with, wearing with some, some sort people. of leotard or I don't know what you. Yeah, call it, with but... with some people, right? But like. Yeah. Then I noticed I was on her arm, so I was like, wait, she wearing the whole thing? And then when she's, like, talking, move her arms, you can see, like, the... Little seams and creases. The seams, yes. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. I and, got like, you, all the man. creases. <laughs> and, like, near her, like, arm, like, the armpit general area. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. And then, like, once I noticed, I was like, that's really weird. Well, Why I would think... you wear that? And then I also noticed her abs were less defined. Because yeah. usually, like, you know, she's, like, Super ripped. ripped, yeah. And when that's, like, not, like, I was, so I was just, like... It's a really weird choice for an I outfit. think part of it is because they're trying to make the main parts with the money so skimpy and tiny that the other parts help hold it in place, right? Because she can't have a wardrobe malfunction because there's not a lot of material covering right. the things that need to be covered. So you got to cover everything. So I think it kind of yeah, helps secure like, it in place maybe. I don't I, know. It, just, it looks so weird. I'm like just... You were Why? very much uh, focused on you, that. That's really, that's probably the most interesting thing of this segment to me. And I, maybe I am not kidding. Um. So Jade said they're there for a celebration. She said that she says who stays and who goes in the baddies. Jade was confused by Red and Layla were chilling with Kier Hogan last weekend. <gasps> no. Oh, no, but she's not a baddie. She is not. She has been expelled uh, from the group. Her services are no longer required. Nope. Um, Jade said that she got her title back from Nyla Rose at the pay-per-view, and she said sitting next to her is a blessing. Um, Cargill said that the baddies are eating off of her, and the company's eating off of her. Mmm, gonna have to disagree. Agree to disagree. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to say no. She just, just no. isn't progressing, man. Like, I like... Like, she was good for her experience, but, but and she's at still some point, solid. you have to stop saying that, right? Right. I agree. I have and to stop. I think stop. we've kind of hit that point. I think so, too. Now it's like she's fine. Right. But, like, we need development. It feels like the ceiling is getting lower because I expected her to be better, like, keep on that upward trajectory, and I feel like she's plateaued. Like, and maybe it's just the competition they're giving her or whatever. I don't know, but she doesn't seem to be getting a lot better. And, like, I thought the women's mid title was a good idea, but... Me, too. I don't care. If she's just going to hold it forever and have mediocre matches. I just don't care. It's not about that it. exciting. Right. Right. Uh, clean of television, my ass. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Cargo said that nobody has her body, her face, and her aura. Nobody has her bodysuit either. Boom. Roasted. Uh, she said she's the real deal because she creates careers and she trashed a little bow against these and told joke. Why? 
celebrity. I don't get it. Celebrity. Okay, but like it's not even like it's Swerve where they're friends with them. Or like, and it's not even like she can feud with him because he's a male person. I don't get it. Then no. Bow Wow's on the Tron congratulating Cargill on the win. She says he's done with his tour. He's going to see her real soon. I don't understand why. Tell me why. I don't know. Why? Maybe they're going to wrestle. Why? They are not going to wrestle. Like, why? This is, I don't know. This was lame because, like, I don't know. The part where she was talking about the baddies and kicking Hogan out was fine. Though the rest of it felt like any cargo promo, which is boring. Like, you said she's really plateaued and it's been stale for me. It's kind of like when Roman got stale, but on a lesser scale. So it's worse. And uh, to me, her mic work and character work are her best qualities, but it's just the same thing. Right. And I thought she was a bit uncomfortable at the beginning of this one, not as good as usual. The outfit's weird. And then. Again, why with the Bow Wow? I don't get it. I don't know. And I don't know who that is. He, Who's he, Bow Wow? I don't care about him either. Who? He's a hip-hop dude, is he not? Yeah, who, though? I don't, I don't know. Like, We're not so hip-hop an- listeners, so we ex- wouldn't know. But it's so annoying, because it's like, I don't understand the purpose. Like, and it's not even like Swerve bringing someone. It's like she just randomly started arguing with this guy after the pay-per-view or whatever. And I don't know why. They did not. They said they were going to like explain her. They showed a bit of it. They did not explain it to me. I still don't know what the point of this is, and, to f- and I don't care. And to further your vitriol, like they could be using this time and energy to build a female wrestler on oh, the roster honestly, to face her. Chuck another what women's match idea. on here. Like if even if it's something like Willow and Anna J, if you had a second one on here, right? At least there's two. You're you're putting time and energy into a feud with someone. In theory, she can't wrestle. Right? What's the payoff? Someone I don't know and I don't want to know. When you're drastically underdeveloping and underbuilding women, you could use that time. So I don't not get Not even it. a women, not even like a female rapper. It's Bow Wow. And the crowd didn't seem to like this. And as you pointed out, and you were definitely correct, in what way was this a celebration of anything? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. This is like that one Baker's. Like, there was no celebrating whatsoever. It was None. just her. There like, was less if, than the Baker one. If Yeah. If anything, is the opposite of celebrating because she was like kind of peeved at them for hanging with Hogan. Right. So if anything, was the opposite of celebration because she was all angry. When I, and then there's a bow. Like, there, there was zero celebrating. Safe it was just there's a table of stuff behind them. Right. Which no, amounted no one to went literally nothing. <laughs> you didn't even put someone through the table. Right. Like, there was no point of this. Like, and like, this makes zero sense. And I don't want this here. What's that called? Chekhov's gun, I think it is. Where is if it? you like introduce it in a story, it has to be fired. Like, if you in a wrestling story introduce a table full of stuff. It has to be used. Or if you bring a cake, someone's got to end up or covered in cake. Or eat the goddamn cake. The so, baddies didn't say anything, so why don't have them eat some freaking cake? Safe to say we did not enjoy this segment. No, it was... I don't... What was the point? We've spent too much time on it. We so. get nothing out of this. I agree. At all. Uh, next, we get the acclaimed. So there's like a drill sergeant-like thing, just to summarize, where the gun's like asking them questions, and he's like, why is nobody facing them? They'll fa-, And they, so they basically replied, they'll face the second best team in EW. This is fine, pretty sure. I thought nothing of this. Little did I know... This would be them facing FTR. Right. I thought this... Honestly, I didn't... That did not cross my mind. I didn't enjoy... I thought this felt contrived and, like, at the time, I thought a little bit pointless, but... This felt a little goofy, but... I didn't... I, it was for acclaimed stuff, which is usually pretty good. I, I wasn't a fan was of this, but fine, it was super it was quick. Really short. And I really didn't think anything of this. I probably should have seen that coming, but again, I did not... I thought the FTR match would be at least on winners coming. Right. But it's I guess when weird. they're saying second best tag team, that's who they're referring to, which makes sense. 
I I should have. That's probably on me for not thinking that. But honestly, I didn't make the connection well, until and I saw it, and then I was like, oh. In our defense, they haven't updated ratings in months, so yeah, I think I'm since pretty August, sure they died. So we don't know who the number two is, right? Because that could technically be referring. You could be referring to um Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal for sure. They're on a winning streak. I mean, I get, at least the good news is they have not doubled down on when they had this promo segment right. with the acclaimed. So yes, there's I that. Guess so yep. Um, Main event time. I swear they have a match. I think Lethal. I saw Lethal and Jared are facing someone. Great. More Jeff Jarrett in ring in 2022 is exactly what I need. Uh, bordering exactly. on 2023, buddy. Yeah, like, that's true. You're right. <laughs> so, we could get there. It's we can still it's, get there. It's about to get a whole lot worse. He wants to tack one more year onto that career. <laughs> one more year onto the career. And then we do the Jeff Jarrett's last match. So I last night, because I have a sickness i was watching the very first episode of tna to be on spike and Jarrett was the champion at that point so i can't even escape him because i think that was what 2005 oh, i want to say right so we would have that nwa title or something. so the opener was um aj styles facing a very young roderick strong who was already at that point the messiah of the backbreaker wow so he that's that's been his forever thing he didn't get a lot in that match it didn't showcase. It was not meant to showcase Roddy, I guess, right? But yes, Jarrett was. Oh, I can't escape him even when I'm watching old stuff on YouTube. Just was randomly great. watching WCW. Oh, hi, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> slap nuts, which I still think is one of the dumbest catchphrase Wait, insults. That's Jeff Jarrett's thing. Slap nuts, he calls people, and it's so stupid. Anyways, he's awful. Carry uh, on. as you do. He doesn't deserve any oxygen from us. <laughs> um. So the next we get Dot Triangle versus the Elite, the third match versus seven series i'm so sick of this nope it's the anti-jazz black cool pool combat club you could do this for seven months and i'm fine <laughs> and with i would it. be okay with it you could have like every combination of singles and i don't care whatever you, you could want. have this match 52 times in a row yep. all year and i'll watch it yeah exactly. i'll watch it because they've so far are finding different ways like this was the brawling one right right so anyway they've all sorry. been different um so to recap that triangle is that two and oh right um and honestly i want to say i really... must win for Elite. I really like the elite, and that's that's part of the narrative, which yes. I'll talk about, which I really liked. Um, the elite's entrance is really cool. Yep. I don't. I just like like there's like the fog right, and like and it's kind of like got like that blue light behind them, so it looks like it's just like three black silhouettes, and then they kind of shift into their like triple pose thing. It looks so cool. So, do you think Wayward Son is just for the elite, or will that be the Bucks? I think it's for the elite. Me too. I I like it. And that I way. would exactly. I like it. For that because honestly i think buck's theme is great which is why I, I hope they keep it and i think omega's i don't think i don't think there's any chance omega uses it no. i think at most it extends to the bucks yeah. but i think omega will keep it if you even go solo but then i don't like the idea that omega's using the bucks theme it makes him feel secondary so that's why i hope it's the elite theme you know right. what i mean exactly so i yeah i like it and i think it works really well actually I like it how does because there's that you know there's the bit at the beginning where it's just the lyrics and no yeah. so i like i like they kind of like hit into pose when the song picks up like it's it's kind of like um jane for orange cassidy crowd seems like, to respond too so i don't know, i think their entrance is really cool and then you kind of mentioned death triangles entrance is really cool too with the triple spotlight thing yeah i like that too but and somebody one of the commentators heading into this and because i wrote it down i like they said that I think Death Triangle has been the way of the hammer, which I thought was kind of cool yeah. as well, right? Because that's a, a huge thread through this story as well, which is also interesting which to me. Which wasn't in this match. Or no. they, uh, they tried, yeah, but kind like, of. It's still it there. wasn't actually right. present. Right. Um, and so the Elite attacked the Triangle on the stage during their entrance and the brawl breaks out, which kind of 
ties to the underlying theme here, like because they're the desperation's there, right? Yeah, it's just a different story to this one. They have to have to win, so they're gonna beat the crap out of them before the match, right? And that hasn't happened in this series, so it was cool. I thought I heard BG. I think you might have. I think I did. We got a cat in a litter box moment. Hmm. Um, there's a guitar crusher on the stage to pack by Omega just to go after the face. It looks again. really good too. Yeah, yeah it, and that's the other thing, like. They keep going after this. I don't know whether his face is actually broken or not. I think it but is. Oh, they keep attacking they it. I don't think you just throw unless one of those Unless it's just for storyline. Yeah, but I, don't, I, don't, I think unless you're Cody Rhodes, I don't think you throw one of those on. And I don't think they're pleasant to wear either. It exactly. seems to keep dr- dropping over his sight line almost in, right. this, in this exactly. match. Which makes me think like that. I don't yeah. know why you do that to yourself. No, I don't purpose. either. Um, Penta hits backbreakers to Nick and Omega, I think, after we start in the ring. Um, and then Matt tries to hit him as wrecking ball dropkick, but he accidentally takes out the ref. Then Penta takes out the elite with a topic, topic on Hilo. I swear. She's there. Okay, I hear you. Yeah. I can hear it now. I know, I know fans, you want that update of when the cat is outside <laughs> in the hallway using her litter box. It's now. So it's <laughs> right, at one right hour, 32 minutes in. <laughs> okay. Timestamp that uh, every week. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we hear the cat. Yeah. Like, now digging. I can really hear it. She's digging. She's, she's going anyway, there. Anyway, carry um, on. Penta looks at him. I go with the hammer. Phoenix tries to stop him, then eats a V-trigger. Then Penta takes a double super kick and a snap dragon. Uh, powerbomb roll through into a knee strike for two by Omega with pack breaking the pin. Um, there's a package power driver to Omega for near fall by Omega. Don't think so. By Penta. Yep. Um, that makes sense. Avalanche Falcon Arrow to Omega by Pack awesome. for two. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. It was. Snap driven by pack to omega again what keeps awesome murdering him yep um spinning kick and a wheelbarrow cutter for two by nick to phoenix more bang for your buck it's a near fall on phoenix penta saves the pin though uh lich bros at the foot stomp package pile driver to map um pack pins him for uh some reason but that gets a near fall the finish comes and pack goes for the black arrow on matt he gets the knees up to pack's face and rolls him over to pin him while omega and nick hold lich bros back so elite pick up the win two to one now that was another awesome match between these two, right? Like, again, they started out brawling just to switch things up. And then the story of the hammer, again, with Phoenix being sort of reluctant to use it, continues. Um, I mean, I'm not going to try and rank them all, but this one probably was my favorites the first match. And I think this is my second favorite, with the second match being still awesome, but not my favorite right. of the three. Um, and it kind of feels like in a way this is a screw you to punk because it's like hey punk you're off tv so now we're gonna feature ourselves on tv every single week and we're just gonna put up killer matches every single week every right week. so an awesome main event like again i can't get tired of watching these six guys wrestle so i expected this to be fantastic and it delivered i loved it great main event awesome finish to the show how long until that cat you are trying to hold on to attack oh there oh. she is attacks you hey. she just made the you podcast wanna, you wanna speak? with her little voice by a cat. Um, yes, I like this again. They delivered another great one, and the Elite finally get the win. Um, and this one felt different again, which I really like, because it started out with the brawl with the Elite um, attacking them. And so I like, because that created another different dynamic in here, which I really like. And the last one, we kind of had the Elite being kind of working heels in Chicago. So, like, each one's felt different so far, and that's going to keep yes. this kind of going, right? And then we also had the dynamic of, like, with the Elite being more desperate here, not wanting to drop another fall. Because if they go 3 nothing, that kind of that really puts them in a crappy position. Yep. So I thought the finish was really cool, too, as it kind of went with that story. Looked cool, and Pat kind of came down on his face, and it connects to the last match with them targeting his face. Um, by a small margin, probably my least favorite match, because I, I liked the one last week a lot. Um, I like when it was kind of more standard. 
But now they lead up a win, 2-1 in favor of Death Triangle. I thought this was great, though. Another great one. And again, it's different, so I think that works as well. Yep, yeah, uh, another really solid episode of Dynamite. It's not quite in the A range for me. Really like the opening segment with Mox and Hangman, uh, Dax and Danielson, obviously, and the main event was awesome. And then a few things along the way I didn't love, right? Like the um, the Jazz BCC thing I didn't really need, the Jade Cargill didn't really need. And if one more match were like super awesome, it'd be in the A range because the AR Fox Samojo was good, but not great. Yeah. So again, this seems to be the, the consistent level, which is fine. So I would give this show a B plus this week. So definitely check out the main event. Um, I thought Dax Danielson was really good as well. So a B plus show still really entertained, but not quite at that top tier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was a good show too. I think it was pretty um, good overall. Like I, I really like, um, I think the opener was pretty good. Uh, like you said, the TNT title match was pretty solid. Like I think it was, it was short, but it was pretty good. Um, what else do we have? There was just a squash for Starks, which was fine. The women's match was meh. I thought the main event was really good. Obviously, my favorite one, and then I don't think it's even close. Um, and that those are always worth checking. I think having the consistency of the trios matches is really nice. As for segments, I think MJF's one was really long, but it was it was also really good. So I think that's fine. All the Mox Hangman stuff I think was really well done. Um, and the Jazz Blackpool thing was fine. Um, Baker was fine. I thought the the Cargo thing was not very good. Nope. Um, and the acclaimed was fine, but that was really short. So I think general a B plus is uh fair. Nice. All right, so let's take a break from dissecting television shows and hit some trivia in a segment we always call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so this week I took a look at somebody who's popping up, getting a lot of attention in the wrestling world right now, and built some trivia based off of him, which I think you'll start out maybe not doing so well and then finish strong, but we'll see. So it is William Regal, Stephen Regal, Lord, whatever, all of Regal stuff. Real man's man. Correct. Actually, there's an answer to a question already coming from you, but we'll get there. So um, just based on him being in the news of possibly being written off TV and moving to WWE, I thought I'd just look into stuff about him. So compiled from a few different sources. Uh, Question number one, I think there's between 15 to 20 questions here. In what year did Regal officially sign a contract in the United States with WCW? Probably guessing on this one. Right? 93. Very close. 92. But, yes, 1992. That was, that was my first guess, but I, I think he had wrestled a little bit, but didn't officially sign until that point. So when he initially debuted, Steve Regal, uh, he was a baby face, right? Six months later, he turned heel and became what character? In WCW. Lord Steven Regal? Lord Steven Regal is correct. I only know that because he was in 2K16 for some reason. Here's one I didn't remember. As part of this new heel gimmick, Regal gained a manager. Do you know who it was? No clue. It was Bill Dundee, who oh. then they dubbed Sir William. Uh, not Crocodile Dundee? No. How many times was Regal a WCW TV champion? Uh, two. Double that. Seven. <laughs> That uh, test four. you just took wasn't about math this week, eh? Uh, no. In 95, Regal formed a tag team. What was the team called? Blackpool Combat Club. No, <laughs> but starts with the same letter. Blackpool. No. Bully Boys. Tick, pick a different color. Blue Pool. Blue. Blue Bloods. Yes, very good. Is that a terrorizing or something? Close. Who was his actual partner in that team? Was it like Dave Taylor or something? Uh, not yet, but it comes later. 
It was actually right. an okay. American person. It was Bobby Eaton. Ah. So then you're all around it. Who was initially slotted to be in Eaton's spot? You already said it. Terrorizing? Correct. Triple H was. Cause that just and then cause... he went to WWE and did that gimmick, basically, right? He was a blue blood there as well. Um, Isn't everyone's blood technically blue? Until it, until it mixes with oxygen, apparently, yeah. That's why when you look through your veins, it looks blue. I want to bleed blue. Um, so then, this team would grow into a stable with the addition of who? You're all around that already, too. Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor. And they added a butler. Do you know the name of the butler? No. Classic butler name. Jeeves. Reginald. Jeeves. Uh, the WCW career of Regal would also include one infamous moment that fans still talk about from 1998, when a match with a major star seemed to take a surprising turn. Have you heard this one? I don't think so. That there's rumors that he was shoot beating up a certain person? I feel like I have, but I don't remember what it Who was. would you guess? A major, major star in WCW. Goldberg. Correct. Really? Yes. That he took... So his version is, no, we were just working a stiff match, but there's lots of speculation that Goldberg was not happy because Regal was sort of taking liberties with him. Oh, Because maybe Regal, Regal didn't appreciate his mega push being a kind of Goldberg not being a wrestler and just being like an athlete. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Goldberg doesn't like getting hit for right. real. Exactly. Is, other, that, is that what that other is? Other than when he headbutts a locker himself, right? Or when he kicked Bret Hart. Right. Yes. Um... Which WWE title, this is where I feel like you'll start to know stuff, did Regal win twice in 2000? European. Correct. Regal's a four-time tag team champion with three different partners. Can you name the three partners? Was one of them Christian? Nope. Or someone in the Un-Americans, no? Nope. Uh, yes. Sorry. Storm? Yes. Eugene? Correct. Um, Another international star. Tajiri. Correct. Very good. I thought you might get better here. How many times was Regal Intercontinental Champion? Two. Correct. Do you know any details of those that you would like to dazzle us with? One when he either beat or lost to Punk in like 2009. Yeah. Which is pretty late. Yeah. Uh, in what year did Regal become WWE Commissioner and who was his comedic sidekick? So kind of two questions in one uh, here. That would have been like 01, right? Correct. Why? Why do you know these things? And his comedic sidekick? Was it Tajiri? It was Tajiri. I, I was going to say somebody Tajiri. already mentioned. Very good. Who did Regal defeat in a match to become Commissioner? That's weird. A match to become... I don't know. I don't know. Um, so it was another sort of hardcore guy i guess with a gimmick where he brought a prop with him always and the crowd got really behind him al snow mm. i should have said a lifetime feud with mankind or mick foley <laughs> regal won king of the ring what year uh 2008 nope wait what That's nine seven seven so oh. i don't know maybe you're right because no it was you're... just before eight so i guess that makes sense i just assumed it was 2008 in a feud with regal Chris Jericho disguised himself as which WWE superstar from the past? Um, Think of like 80s. You'd be putting on makeup and costume. Be Gold dust. No. Sim not similar, but like face, blue, blue dust. face paint and a wig. Doink. Oh. Uh, what other famous disgusting moment came from Regal's feud with Jericho? Regal involving some bodily fluids. Wasn't something with piss? Yeah. I don't know. And what's a standard British drink that Regal might have? Tea. Oh. Jericho peed in his tea. 
what unique match type was used for the match between Jericho and Regal at WrestleMania 17? Wasn't like that that was that yep. the Duchess of whatever thing? Yes, Duchess of I don't know Queensberry match. Oh, it's chaos. And do you remember how that worked? Doesn't she keep changing the rules? Yeah, so every time like Jericho it should win, that's like, nope, the Queensberry rules state this sort of thing. Like cheating Jericho out right. of winning yeah. multiple times. Uh so Regal turned heel, joined the Alliance in two thousand one by costing who a WCW championship match. Um Rock? No. Angle. Correct. Uh, so here's one you already answered, but Regal, uh, WWE gave Regal an awful gimmick in his debut. What was it? Real man's man. <laughs> it was so stupid. I remember like watching it live and going well, and like, how does that fit him of all people? Right. You've just seen him as a blue blood forever. And now you're saying he's like, right. Yeah. And it didn't work at all. Um, it's weird. Last one. I know you'll get right. Regal was in a faction with three Canadians during this time. During, sorry, his time with WWE. What was the name of the faction? Un-Americans. And who were the... Cast, Christian, and Lance Storm. Correct. It's weird that it's Un-Americans, but, like, only one of them was not Canadian. Like, right. I guess they're all Un-American, but it's weird that, like, it's, like, a mostly Canadian I faction. I thought so, too. All right, so you did very well on that, as expected. And we'll move back into talking about this week's wrestling action, where we sort of look at highlights and lowlights from the week in a segment that we call High Spots and Rest Holds. All right, so as usual for me, I have some NXT notes and some Impact Wrestling notes. Probably not as many as usual, especially for Impact. I, like well, because there's just that main one. You and know. if stuff's middle of the road, I don't really talk about it, right? So um, anyways, for NXT... Yeah, some things are hard to classify. One of the high spots for me um, was the opening match. I thought it kind of over-delivered. I'm not saying it was like a classic or anything, but my expectations weren't high. And that was Roxanne Perez defe- defeating Indy Hartwell with her code red finisher thought it was a pretty decent tv I think match. that's such a bad finisher uh it's not great um so indy was working a little bit more heel maybe not entirely because commentary seems to be downplaying it a bit and just saying that she's looking more aggressive so i don't know if they're gonna go full heel or she's just a more aggressive performer uh but regardless decent 10 minute match with perez winning it makes sense right she's the one getting more of the focus and heading into the iron survivor match whereas indy kind of Seems to be a bit adrift without much going on since everyone mm-hmm. abandoned her in NXT, right? So I, it's still nice to see I saw her. Luma showed up on a house show. Oh, nice. It's nice to see Indy looking decent because I, I think she's okay. Like, I, she, she's Just underused. Like, what's so her far. character, though? It, exactly. I remember seeing her enter once and I was like, she had like no personality. Well, now I think the character's supposed to be like, I don't need any friends. I don't want any friends because all my friends leave me. They need to sort of highlight that a little bit, but I think I feel that's like you need something where she's going. on top of that, but that's yeah. not a bad start, at least, yep. I guess. Uh, another high spot, and this was a couple times throughout the show, was the selection committee for the Iron Survivor Challenge. So, again... Was it in threes? There was... I think there was two, and then Aww. the announcement. So, yeah, I guess three, right? Oh, yeah. So, um, recurring segments. So, you had HBK, X-Pac, Road Dog, Alundra Blaze, and Molly Holly, all sort of sitting around a table discussing candidates to go into these matches, right? So, somebody would throw out a name. We'd get a little highlight package as they discussed them. So the first segment was discussing the men. I'm going to put them both in the same high spot here. The second was talking about women. And what I did like was that they even included discussion of some names who weren't going to be included in the match. So it felt a little more realistic instead of talking about all the people that do get in. And that's would, just it, right? Like They would throw in the odd one that wasn't. I remember you were watching. I saw that it. they um, mentioned Wagner. I was like, Exactly. Gross. 
right? So um, a, a little bit cheesy, but I actually thought most of the people involved in this were pretty effective. It sounded mostly natural and was something that would happen. So I thought it was a decent way to hype up these matches and also highlight like some of the talent that are in these matches on the roster as well. Some of the ones that aren't even in the match. So I kind of liked it. Um, then we get a high spot and a rest hold together because I thought Dijak looked good in his squash match here. Pretty devastating, defeating Dante Chen really quickly. I think it's really lame that his name's just Dijak, though. Like, Yes. For me, the promo afterwards like, was not good. Again, the scripting. I don't think promos are Dijak's strength either. So he was talking about like hard justice, the infliction of suffering, and NXT is a place Weird, of, like, of um, refuge, words. and he's here to eviscerate. Like Again, people don't talk like this, right? So he sounded a bit silly here. Um, kind of generic monster his heel talk. really dark. I like the WWE. Is. I like his look better. Yeah. He, and he, he, again, not a great delivery. So effective squash. I didn't like the promo after. High spot that I'm a little surprised by is the ongoing Duke Hudson and Chase U story. I kind of like. Um, so this week, um, Duke Hudson stopped short of hitting Thea Hale with a boot uh, outside the ring. And you could hear him on just the general microphone saying, don't worry, I can stop that at any time, right? Stop my boot at any right. time, which made Andre Chase start questioning things because last week Hudson accidentally hit him with the same boot when they were teammates. So now he's like, what do you mean you can, a you can stop it at any time, right? So I kind of like that. And it's, again, it's just a little comedy faction that doesn't really win, but there's a little bit of an interesting angle here. This idea that Duke Hudson is not really as committed to chase you as he says he is. Right. And at the end of the day, he's a heel and he's going to cheat. So I thought it was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. um, high spot for me, because I find her interesting. And the vignette itself was kind of cool. Um, Lyra Valkyria, I think is pronouncing it correctly. So she had a little introductory vignette. She's from like Aofi Valkyrie or something. Right, Aoife Valkyrie. So I thought they were going to keep it like show her from the back and not quite reveal, but they did actually have her face facing the camera at the end of this. So at least they're reintroducing her, not like Isla Dawn where it's like, hey. You should know her, right? Yeah. Like, no, we don't. It's because most people don't. So I kind of found her interesting in UK. Hopefully she's kept developing and is even better. Um, and it's a lot of her, like, it's a bird character. So <laughs> the um, they started out with it subtitled, and I apologize, I don't even know what language she was speaking. So it sounded cool, subtitled. Then she switched to English. Lots of references to birds um, as she's so shown sort of running through a forest because her whole gimmick was like a lot of bird stuff. She talks about she's shape-shifted to a new form uh, and is ready for a new battleground. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do with her. I think she's she was kind of interesting and, and, if I remember correctly, decent in the ring. So hoping she's I better I honestly now. don't remember much about her. I just recognize the name. Another old, high her old name, sorry. Another high spot for me is Axiom in general. He's had a string of great matches. This week, he kind of pulled a pretty solid match out of a big body Javi, Javier Bernal, who's like doing this super obnoxious heel and has kind of been challenging Axiom when Axiom's clearly not cleared to wrestle. So now he surprisingly oh, that's is. Why that? So okay. it's like a reluctant, hey, you've been wanting to wrestle me and now I'm cleared, right? So just his Axiom's finishing like one-legged dropkick to the face looks really impressive and he's just super fun to watch despite having a ridiculous character and mask sort of going right now, he's really fun. Another high spot, talking about people meeting in different places. We had Braun Breaker interrupting Apollo Crews as he's in a diner eating breakfast and doing his writing in a journal and talking about uh, his visions and premonitions. So they sort of downplayed that, which okay. I prefer. That's not bad. Um, so it's just Braun kind of sitting down and 
you know, like you're not going to beat me and Cruz being like, yeah, I'm going to beat you. I thought Cruz sounded. <laughs> That's such a nice, nice summary. Recap. Very, very, su- very much summarized. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going to, you're not going to beat me. Yes, I'm going to beat I'm you. I'm going to win, basically. <laughs> so Apollo Cruz, I thought sounded really good here because he was talking less about his visions and premonitions and just talking like a normal human being. <laughs> talking like someone who would actually talk like that. And uh, Braun, I thought was okay, not He's not super comfortable acting at this point, I don't think, when you're asking him to not just be himself. Um, and I just thought it was a different way to have the champion and challenger sit down and talk before their match instead of doing like a contract signing or a sit-down interview or whatever. Whoa, whoa, this was are just... you dissing contract signings? Yeah, Sometimes, was... yes. This was just Braun knowing where this guy goes and meeting him there and talking to him. So I kind of liked it. Another high spot was JD McDonough taking on Julius Creed here. Um, really good TV match. I didn't like the finish. So it's a competitive match um, until Jamie, JD goes to hit Julius with a chair and Sanga, they're at ringside because they're feuding with the Creeds as well. They're going to face them soon. So Sanga pushes Julius out of the way and takes the chair shot, which then gets JD McDonough DQ'd. And Sanga misses up, messes up the only line again, just being picked up by the ringside microphones. He was supposed to say we don't want you at anything less than 100% for our match, and that's why he's saving the creeds. But he said it, I can't remember the actual wording, but he actually said the opposite of what he was supposed to say here. We don't want you at 100%. Something like, I think that's what it was, yeah. Um, but anyway, so JD McDonough's just a beast in the ring, and Julius Creed is really good too. So a pretty decent TV match. I did not really enjoy the finish. Then we get a pretty big rest hold for me, and that's Von Wagner taking on Malik Blade. What? So the story it was that Vaughn ripped up uh, Blade's sweater vest last week, which are, he wears oh. in, in honor of his uh, deceased father, and this was his father's vest. Uh, but the match wasn't good. There, I told you, I think there was a spot in the middle where Vaughn went for a big boot and kind of missed it. I don't even know if it was glancing blue. He might have missed altogether. And clearly Malik Blade wanted to redo that spot, but there was miscommunication and things got really clunky. It was like a knee to the midsection and then mm-hmm. like just some awkwardness right in the middle of this. So, well, that is surprising. Right? So Wagner won, obviously, with his, I still can't decide if it's a slam or suplex type of finisher thing. Um, big step back, because I actually praised Wagner in his match with Braun Breaker, right? So it's not like I'm completely anti-Von Wagner. Oh, I am. You are, for sure. But I thought this match was sloppy. And maybe neither of them are ready to carry the other to a match, you know what I mean? So it was kind of not great. Um, then moving into Impact, <sighs> big rest hold to start this show. Bully Ray. So imagine you start out with a really lengthy Bully Ray promo. Already good. Right? Um, saying respect, respect for Josh Alexander, but I'm smarter than him, blah, blah, blah. Then a Bully Ray match against Rich Swan. Right. Then another Bully Ray promo after the match. Oh, wow. So, so no just... joke because I checked. This Bully Ray was on the screen on Impact Wrestling for the first 29 minutes. It's like of half the an show. hour, basically. So it's 2022, I will remind you. And this is Bully Ray. So Ordering this on 2023. annoys me greatly, greatly, right? So it's basically like, because the whole thing was, is he going to, is he still a heel? Is right. he going to turn? So he's like, nobody should have trusted me, but I'm smarter than everybody. Um, right, because didn't he like do something? I don't remember, but didn't he like, he's turned heel? Yes. Uh, so he ends up losing to Swan by DQ because he uses a chair, continues the beatdown of Swan after the match. So Tommy Dreamer and Scott Demore come down. And in this one, like Demore loses his cool and is basically wants to fight Bully Ray and Dreamer's kind of trying to keep them away from each other here. Again, so it's 2022. 
Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer, Scott Demore in like a headlining thing. Stop it. Like, no. So all of this time and effort going into Bully Ray could be invested into somebody to build them. Like, you want to build a, like a monster heel badass? Fine. Macklin, perfect candidate. Moose, if you want. Sammy Callahan. Existing people not like 15 years past their prime that right. nobody really cares about. At least I sure don't, right? So I don't know why they feel the need to reach so far into the past and give a performer so past his prime all of this time and attention. Mm -hmm. He doesn't move the needle for me, and I don't know if he does for anyone else. But like for me, and I know people are probably getting tired of me saying it, put Macklin in this role. He's a guy I associate with Impact because he's completely different than he was in WWE. He's way better. He could do this monster heel really well, but they're deciding to go with Bully Ray, and it annoys me. And it was half an hour to start this show, as big a rest hold as I could say. Um, high spot was kind of an over-delivering TV match that was Bupinder uh, Gujar taking on Moose in this one. Um, so it was the Battle of the Spears to finish. Moose avoided Gujar's uh, gargoyle spear. Uh, Gujar leapfrogs Moose's first uh, spear attempt, but then gets hit by the second one, and Moose wins. So Moose will now spin off into an angle with Joe Henry, it looks like, because he sort of summoned him after the match by saying... Because he said the word, say his name, which right. I think is stupid. Um, so, and it ended up with Henry showing up, and Moose ends up taking the gargoyle spear from Gujar just to sort of balance things out. So I, I kind of like Gujar. He's got a cool look, and he's seems to be improving in the ring, so I liked it. Another high spot is the Mike Bailey interview. So I find, I've decided, I like his promo style because it's really weird. And at first I wasn't sure if I liked it. But he's got this really unique kind of calculated, really calm because he's, you know, he's martial arts master. So it's kind of like he's Zen. Right. And he's talking about, because Kenny King's obsessed right now with proving that Mike Bailey is not the person he says he is. Right. So he's basically like dismissive of this. And like Kenny King will not get under his skin and force him to change. Um, it's kind of like he's so composed, he's not sweating Kenny King at all. And I kind of liked his promo here. And I like this simple feud build, even though I'm not a huge fan of Kenny King. This like, the King's obsessed now because Bailey's defeated him, right? With proving mm -hmm. that Bailey's not the guy he thinks he is. So I like At least it. he's not um, on her no more. Right. Um, Forgot rest, Kenny King exists. Rest Hold, which is something new for Impact, I think this, because I'm now getting it on TV. I don't know if we're getting like a free um promo of the fight network or something but we're randomly though we're like... suddenly sometimes they do it for a month you get it for a month free right so we're in the midst of getting impact on tv i don't have to look for it online so anyways they have started scattering highlights of mma stuff i think it was like three times this show like, like only actual yeah like Why? it's it's because it's um access whatever their network is sort right. of trying to highlight and cross promote stuff but it's annoying and i don't like it and then the final high spot was <laughs> So the main event match was the, what's Mickey James calling her thing? Last Rodeo. Right. They say it a million times. You should know this. So she beat Perrazzo in a pretty good match. Nothing that I would say was a high spot. So, But after that, they saved time for a pretty lengthy segment with the write-off of Eric Young, where he's meeting with Diener in the same room they've used for Violent by Design a lot, where it's like almost like a cell with a table and a place to be sort of handcuffed in the middle of the table. So there's a knife, or almost like it looks like more like a shiv, like a prison-made shiv on the middle of the table that we keep getting flashed to. We also see little flashes of both men kind of looking at it. And it's about um, Young basically asking Diener, are you willing to do anything to get rid of the sickness, right? And Diener's like, of course I am. Yes, I am. 
And uh, Young's like, what if the sickness was in the room with you? Would you be prepared to do what you needed to do to get rid of it? And Diener's sort of confused a bit, but is like, yes. They start brawling with each other. Um, Diener ends up like in a mount position on Eric Young. Eric Young's bleeding and basically saying like, do what you're supposed to do. Um, I'm the designer, but you are the design. And Diener picks up the knife and murders, like literally <laughs> stabs Eric Young to death. You don't actually see him, but you see him like thrusting the knife downward, right? So Eric Young has... make it sound any better. Eric Young has been murdered. I actually thought it was kind of cool. It was pretty dramatic. And it's a very final way of getting a guy <laughs> off of your show, I guess, right? So... Um, I, I thought it Go kind of finals you can do and it also clearly defines Diener as the leader of the faction which I don't think he's ready for he was perfect in his it, role is an Alan Angels he was perfect in his role as the second in command and maybe he'll rise to the occasion but they had to do something I guess because Young is done so this was a definitive like you're done you have been actually yes. murdered so anyway sorry I, I usually let you in between but I sort of just kept rolling so what did you pull from main roster this week uh yeah, it's just main roster. Um, so I had one high spot, which was that they had, there was like that segment with Owens and Zayn and the Usos, which was pretty solid. Yeah, I like that. I saw that. Now both Usos are kind of on Sammy's side, and so then oh, I thought Owens was really good too because he's just like done with Owens is great. Yeah, he's just done with Sammy now. Yep. So right, uh, that was the last straw. Like you've in a match where I really needed you and I could have gotten seriously hurt. Whatever, you abandoned me and helped them. So yeah, it's done. Right. And then, so that was pretty good. And then Wrestled was Loomis versus Miz. Um, from what I saw, it was boring. And then Loomis got a contract because he won. So we're really going to act like this whole time he's just been <laughs> some guy getting access to backstage to terrorize Miz. Apparently, Miz was paying him so that he could stay relevant. But, I mean, does that even make it better? Maybe he's in cahoots with scripts, and that's how he gets in all the he's time. He's in cahoots with Miz. Yeah, that too. So. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one was a slight high spot with Ricochet winning the World Cup. Like, that's fine. I wish it was Escobar, but I guess with them, the winner facing Gunther doesn't make much sense. It's nice to win. see Ricochet getting some love, right? The right, that's kind of what the high spot was. was like, it's nice uh, it's prominence for him, but yeah. he's also the one who lost the title to Gunther, so I can't say I'm that interested in him getting a match, but it should be good again Speculation at least. is he's getting the title from I this. think that's dumb. I do too. I, I think, think Walter need... should just roll. Well... And if you're gonna have him lose, I think someone else should get. It. I think Ricochet had his shot. And I'm not saying it was like the greatest run ever, but like he had a run this year, so I think we can. And what wait. I'd like to say is, if Walter loses, he should move into the main event picture. But how? Right. It's, it's that's so... the only problem with Reigns being so so strong. It's so unattainable right now. It's really really hard, until, especially a heel, obviously. Until someone else kind of takes but it. But even when Cody comes back, I'm not sure how you, because I think that's the guy, but I don't know how you get there. Right, like, and I don't have a ton of faith that they're smart enough and creative <laughs> enough to put something there that's interesting. Maybe Triple H can because they've done such an amazing job with the bloodline, but they just seem like so many. But tiers you also kind of have to have an end game there, you right? Do. Which I'm not. I, I've never been sure of their end game. Me either. You know? But I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, that's going to bring us to our final segment, which apparently is going to be pretty lengthy this week. That's where Jack's going to give us an update on the world of wrestling action figures in the segment called "Figuring It Out with Jack." All right, talk about figures. Do it. So, yeah, they revealed a lot of crap at Hogan's Beat Shop. Yep. So Great. We should go there sometime. Nope. I will not support that man. I want to go. I tend to not support racists very much, if I can help it. But well, that's, that's just that's, me. That's weird. Just me, right? Yeah, that, that's kind of weird. Bigotry's not my favorite look. 
That's weird. Yeah, right. What a what a I'm a huge fan What a controversial of that. opinion yeah, to have. I'm I'm super into that. So <laughs> um so yeah, they so they revealed a bunch of crap, so let's do it. Do that. Yep. Um so the I'm just going from like the latest to the from that day all the, all the way down. So the one thing that they have is the new Usos, which so the new elite Usos, I think so think they'll be in separate ways i think one of them is going to be in the SummerSlam wave with the build a figure that yeah. i'll talk about later and then one of them will be in the other in another waves and they're both in their SummerSlam look from last year it's like black joggers with bloodline logos and then jay has like a white arm sleeve and jimmy has a black arm sleeve so i know from the the waist up they their re-releases of their respective last elites which would be 90 95 right um and it just jay has slightly different hair but then they have the black jogger so that's cool because at least now there's matching usos so i'll probably pick those up when they come around in like a while yeah um so those are cool um the white sleeves a little weird because they're all wearing all black but other than that um those are good i like them there's a new ultimate edition rock which is the same as his last one like from the main line or sorry no the the series six not the last one but the series six it's just now it's got butterfly joint so I, it's a target exclusive i think so I, I think it'll be like a legends one which I mean, that's fine. I don't really care I remember, about that. Yeah, because those pork chop sideburns, he didn't always. That puts him in a certain era. Yeah, yeah. Um, they showed the Ruthless Aggression elites again, but that was last week. Uh, new Sonya Deville elite, elite one hundred and one. So that looks pretty cool. It looks like kind of a current look. Yep. She hasn't had an elite since Elite sixty nine. Nice. Which was one of the collector's edition ones. Her and Liv Morgan. Um. They showed that WCW Hogan again, which isn't new, but there Gross. it is. So you, okay, so here do not we, buy. Um, then there's a SummerSlam 2023 elite of Hogan, Hulk Hogan, um, from the desert storm match against Sergeant Slaughter, like some obscure thing. Anyways, it's camel Hulk Hogan. Cool. With an American bandana, obviously. Of course. Second most patriotic wrestler, obviously, other than Cody Rhodes, of course. Right. I'm pretty sure Cody Rhodes is actually Mr. America. Um, speaking of Mr. America, here's. Elite 101. Uh, so many Mr. America. Why? And then it gets better because there's a chase variant. So there's two Mr. Americas. Amazing. Um, one of them. So they both. With no think, mask? Yeah. Well, it has like the mask on his head, like, oh. you know, pulled up. Right. So I think both of them will have two head scans. One of them's masked and one of them's not. And I think that, I think that the unmasked, like, you know, the pull up mask is separate. Great. Looks like. Um, like, you know, like a separate piece. Yeah. And um, so the one of them has the bow and the shirt on. And so the tights are a little different, so I think they'll both go into the same accessories and blah, 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 blah. Um, then we have Elite 100. Uh, we have the Rock. So you can't, I can't tell what his trunks look like, but he's got, like, the blue Rock jersey. And they had, like, that Top Picks Elite a little while ago that had the red jersey, so this one's got blue. It comes with the Brahma Bull title, which I think looks really nice, actually. You know, like, the one that they made but they never used. Right. So that's cool. And it's a first-time belt as well. Um, then we have uh, WCW Rey Mysterio for Elite 100. And like the pink and yellow, I think that looks really cool. Then people say it's a reused head scan, but I can tell from the mask because you see like it goes down past his nose. Like that's definitely like it's more accurate to the time. Yep. And he's got the WCW Cruiserweight title, another first time belt. Uh, then Elite 100 John Cena. It's like chain gang stuff. He's got the chain, the hat, the armbands and stuff. And he's got the W title, the spinner one, and it looks like it actually spins this time. Like, because I have that rated R spinner belt, and that one actually spins. And so it's got like a separate plate in there, obviously. And I don't know if this one, like, to me, it looks like there's that separate plate in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. So maybe it'll spin. And then they're stunning Steve Austin. Oh, my God. He's got it's stunning Steve Austin. With, I didn't notice. He's got the ponytail. That's new. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. He's got, like, multicolored chunks. He's got a red rope and the WCW slash NWA TV title. 
because it's like the old TV title with the red strap, and it's the one that the NWA actually currently uses, so that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Another first-time belt. Nice. And then you're going to want. <laughs> and then uh, all-white Becky Lynch from something. SmackDown was telling the, the face play of the title looks redone. I don't like her head scan, but the rest of it's nice. The jacket's cloth, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Elite 100, Andre the Giant. And he's got two variants. There's like the teal jacket and then the gray jacket. And they both have like, um, you know, like the big Andre 87 belt that they never used. Yep. Um, he comes with that. Cool. First time belt. <laughs> First time belt edition. That belt I actually kind of like. So I might get the Andre in the suit just because that belt's pretty nice. And then you got Ricochet in the, like, the black and yellow with also the flames on it from uh, day one, which that's when he first wore that. With mm-hmm. the inter- and he's got the Intercontinental title because he also wore it when he won the title, I think. And so I, fa- I can't remember when he first wore it, but I remember it, it was on the day one pre-show. That's why, because I don't, why would I remember a pre-show attire? You Unless wouldn't. it's Seth Rollins. Um, and also, he was teaming with Cesaro, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Because he's not there anymore. That is very so that true. That is why that is funny. If you, in case you were wondering, that is the reason it is funny. Um, next, what does we got? More Elite 101. I'm getting to triple digis now. Nice. It's absurd. Um, we got Cody Rhodes, and I think it's the Cody Rhodes that I just got. It's the same attire as the AW Cody I just got. Just, it doesn't have the America boots. I was going to say, why does he have the belt on backwards? But it's his weight belt, I guess. Yeah, it's the weight, it's the weight belt. So that's cool. Um, it's funny, I think. One, the one guy knows the, the neck tattoo, they put a bit of it on the jaw there. <laughs> Which would make sense if it was like a statue thing, right? Because the head's going to move. It'll look weird. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Lee 101 Kevin Owens, which I showed you has like the bald cap look with the Austin yeah, invitation. Yeah, strange. But the, he'll have another head, which is normal. So okay. at least there's that. And hopefully he's got a normal shirt underneath too. And there's Johnny Knoxville with the giant mouse trap and also new Sami Zayn prototype. Oh, nice. Yeah. They were going to do, they're, apparently they were going to include the giant hand, but that wouldn't fit. <laughs> So that's uh that's nice. From my favorite match might come yeah. up at the end of the year. Uh new basics for Toxic Attraction and Aaliyah. Not good. Uh Aaliyah's new... back from injury, didn't put it in the news. New Roman Reigns basic with painted on needle mover shirt, that's fine. Basic, not good. Uh Commander Aziz shown, which is useful now because Cruz is definitely still doing that gimmick. hundred uh, percent. Oh wait. Um then we have retro two packs. It's some tag team packs, which is um NWO stuff so that's I think it's like a box with like you get two two packs you have outsiders and you have your boy Hogan and uh six my boy Hogan I don't even like that being said as a joke okay not my boy uh, you... although I guess if I'm cutting out bigots and stuff from wrestling there's going to be a long list of people that I have to not pay attention to <laughs> I think my friend was saying Raquel no no I mean maybe not Rhea Ripley or something I think. about something about Raquel yep there's know. a bunch unfortunately um, so then SummerSlam will lead Ziggler and the pink tights from when he got destroyed by Goldberg. I actually like that. It's got the ponytail. He head. did get destroyed by Goldberg. I like that gear though. The pink is nice. Uh, elite SummerSlam will lead Zeus. <laughs> Amazing. Basically just an elite version of the ultimate we got from the San Diego Comic-Con. And then the build figure for the SummerSlam elites is going to be, don't worry, it's not a child this time. Hulk Hogan. It's, Some form of Hulk Hogan. It's uh, Mr. Perfect. Oh, nice. In the suit. Like, I guess probably, I think it was like when he was affiliated with, um, Flair and Heenan. Right. that when he was the something consultant or whatever the special consultant or something some whatever lingo um then there's ultimate cody rose they previewed the mattel creations one 
Um, it's a prototype. So the body's in gray, but they at least have the head scan, which I think looks really good. And yeah, the jacket's all cloth, which looks really nice. It looks a lot similar to the one, the Cody I got, where it's got like the interchangeable arm jacket, but this is like the cloth, which I'm not sure which I like better. I think there's a merit to both, but I think it's nice. Um, Ultimate AJ Styles, Ultimate 16. Got the cloth shirt, and his hood is cloth, which is interesting. But cool. The and I think it's the white and blue, which is really nice look. Uh, and then the Seth Rollins Ultimate Prototype. Yeah. In you're, four days, they revealed two Seth Rollins. You're big Seth Rollins guy right now. Well, Dean Usually, Am- but now I feel like it's elevated a little. Dean Ambrose doesn't exist anymore. That is true. So, um, yeah, but and so apparently it'll be based on his Money in the Bank gear from this year um, with, like, the neon lines, you know, that one. Yes. Um, and so it's got a new cross sculpt in the head scan. Like, it's unpainted because obviously this is a prototype, but I think you can just tell from, like, like the sculpt. I think it looks great. Like, I don't know, just looks like it's a new long, longer hair. Right. Rollins, like, more. It's, a, it's probably, like, the most current Rollins we'll be getting. So that's really nice. And they use the Rick Rude torso, which I don't know. It looks really accurate to me for some reason. And then from the same series, we'll be getting Andre the Giant. So there's this prototype for that, but it looks really weird. He looks like a giant monkey because his arms are brown. It does look very strange. Yeah, the, the prototypes are always weird. But I mean, it's nice to get an early look, I guess. I yep. I don't know. I guess. And there's the Ultimate 16 Razor Ramon, which will be in the same series as Age of Styles. For some reason, he's got a chase. So you got the standard version, which is the... The like the yellow and black and orange, which I think is from Mania Ten, the ladder match with Michaels, and the chase variant in purple, which I think is pretty nice. Or blue, if you're you. Looks cool. And do you see the purple or is it blue? Uh, it could be either. He convinced me of either one. That one's purple. Or do you you know which one it is, or do you know if it's purple or blue? What? So what's purple and what's blue? No, it it's just purple. Oh, it's all purple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does I, it look like purple. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know colors, man. Yeah, that's just interesting. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's it. All right, that's it? So I was expecting longer than that. Well, I, me too. I typed Although I was getting work done while you were doing it, so it, I it typed, flew by. I did type a lot. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 124, I guess. And there's nothing major happening this week in the world of wrestling, right? That we would... Seems like we just do Saturdays anyways. We don't yeah. really do any bonus episodes anymore. But if people we, contact if us and say do a bonus episode, it will definitely motivate us to do one. So if you'd like to hear a bonus episode... Uh, contact us, throw out an idea for one. Could be anything, really. We don't really care. We can find time, especially we've got a couple weeks off coming up over the holiday break. So if anyone has a special request for a bonus episode, we would definitely take it into consideration. But that being said, uh, we are going to head out, I think, and get our day rolling. So thanks for hanging out with us for any amount of time to listen to us talk about wrestling. It is always really appreciated. And we will be back here Close to the same time, definitely the same place, a week from today for episode 125. So until then, everybody, take care.